11 o'clock comics episode 234 David Andrew Shaw says hi hi Live tweet this episode. Did you see? Yeah, he's finally. Let's do something. He's finally catching on. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the old guys have to be cool. Did you see what they did back then? He was like, wait, is 11 o'clock recording right now? Yeah. Well, Jay's where I got the idea for this. Oh, is it? Yeah, last week. I said, uh, what you telling me? That's a good idea. Dude, the new tweet deck sucks the balls. Oh, yeah, I lost that. Went to the old one. I went back to the old one. I used the, the Twitter client for, for Mac. That's pretty good. That's what you get for having Mac. It's the least offensive oh, of all. Yeah, and he's young. It's the least offensive of all that. Yeah. The web-based Twitter, forget it. It never updates. It's about as responsive as my mother. So, so oh, I can't have that. Can't have it. Can't have it. I tweet like a fiend today. Nice. Getting all nasty on E.T. Hate that movie. Yeah, yeah. Do you like E.T.? Uh, I haven't seen it since I was maybe eight. So it's a I, horrible I, friggin' movie. Okay. Oh, God. No, it is. All right, yeah, because, you know, this is, I, I'm sure compared to The Spirit, it would have to be. So <laughs> it, it is. The uh, Spirit's a masterpiece compared uh, stop, to E.T. Don't, don't make this. By the way, I'm convinced that Vince, he he logs on in the morning, and he, tries, <laughs> and he sees if, if I'm around Twitter. And if I'm around, he goes radio silent. If I don't post for a few hours, he's like, oh, I'm a bus Twitter all day. I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> Blow this place up. <laughs> Every time I'm like off because I'm busy all day and then I like log on. Like today, I log on and I see clearly Vince has been tweeting because I see all these replies to Vince and people have been talking to him. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm on Twitter six days a week and the guy's a fucking ghost. Then uh-huh. the, the, I can't no, it's it. not like, true. Oh, I'm going to get on Twitter get my social media on. No, I do the Twitter all day long. Barely, dude. You're, you're, you're just doing your stock things. You're like Chris. You're concentrating. When it comes to social media, you just don't respond to your boys. Just be comparing me to Chris. Anyway, I, just, I just went limp. Speak, speaking of everybody. <laughs> hey, ah. everybody. Hey, everybody. 11 o'clock comics, 234. I'm Vince B. And David does not deserve solid state. Stop it. He doesn't. <laughs> this is true. I don't, I, no, I, I do not deserve any of, of the, the spoils that come my way. But I am David Price. You are. It's true. Uh, I'm not Christopher Neesman. I'm Billy Ray Valentine. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, you're not. You're not Billy Ray Valentine. You're Jason Wood, everybody. This Persian. This Persian right here. <laughs> and you don't have to purge your wallet of a lot of money oh, when you shop. up Mongo tonight. Mongo. Oh. Uh-huh. When you shop at Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, you can get your favorite books and, and collectibles at huge discounts. Well, get this. From Image Comics, obviously the new discount list is up and functional. Uh, and you can uh, access it at DCBService.com. From Image, you can DCB's get... DCB's nuts. Change number one. First of a four-issue miniseries written by Alice Coat, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. The writer of Wild Children, remember we talked about that a couple yeah. weeks ago? Yes, this is the first issue with art and cover by Morgan Jeske. It looks pretty good. Looks like like nasty, on the edge. Oh, I can't be stopped. Change number one. Get that. And from Avatar, 
I was talking about this movie just today on the Twitter. Yeah, you were. David Lapham is doing another Caligula miniseries. Oh. Heart. Oh, it's nasty stuff. It's Heart. It is raw. Heart of Rome, number one of six, written by David Lapham from Straight Bullets, and art by German Noble. Caligula returns for an all-new series by the original creative team. Look at that. Cover price is three ninety nine, but it's not going to cost you that. It's only going to cost you a buck ninety nine. That's fifty percent off. Same thing with the change, which I forgot to mention. Cover price is two ninety nine. You can get it for a buck forty nine, and bring it up the rear from IDW publisher. Uh, and he's the editor in chief too, isn't he, Chris Rio? I think uh, he yes. Is. Yeah. yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, big dude at IDW writes this. Chris Riel, uh, wrote it. Sam Keith illustrated it. The Max is Sam Keith. Come on. It's Hollows, number one of four. Special discount. It's going to be $3.99 cover, but that's not what you're going to pay. You can get it for $1.99. Jump on it. Discount. Comic book service. DCBService.com. And David, Mr. Solid State. If you are a first-time customer, you can enter the following code in the slot and get how much off? Additional? You can get 8% off, but What's the, the code, code EOC8. My God. EOC8 will get you another 8% off. It's disgusting. You're not going to find prices like I'm actually that. jealous of the EOC8 because we don't get to use it because we've been customers for a long-ass time. Yeah. No. And uh, every now and then I'll be like, oh, man, if I had 8% off this month, what it would be? So what if you... Uh, first time customer and happenstance stumble upon an artist edition that you wanted. Dude, an exactly. extra 8% off? That's Dude, what if you've been hearing us talk about this all these years, but you haven't pulled the trigger and you want to get the Rockets. mad artist edition and a statue in the same month? Dude, you could oh. save like, I mean, we're talking like, you could save up to like 50 bucks just off the EOC 8 on those. As items. you would say, that's mad cheddar, right? That is mad cheddar, yo. I know. Cheddar. Duck it. Cheddar. So there you go. Yes, DCBService.com. Say fuck it. What do we got? You know what? I I got you something. Thank in the mail. you, dude. I got something in the mail. This is so cool. D- d- oh, it is, d- 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 dude. What? Dude, dude. It's <laughs> no, it's it's. Well, it is a thank From your you. Your wife. We're but, raw this oh, week. Oh no. See, we no, needed Neesman to bring us in. I'm not. I'm not talking about. Oh, we didn't do the drink roll call yet. I did not. I'm not. I'm not talking about the gift from my wife. This is. This is the coolest of, thing. I, I got something love. in the mail from uh, from Mr. Jamal Eigel and Company. What? Get out of here. Oh, this is the official yeah, like Molly Danger official fan club dart Danger's action response team card. This mine. is so cool. Dude, why didn't you get yours? Alan, New Mutant got his. Um, Dean hey, Stahl got his. Well, it's I'm, like, oh, Jersey must yeah, be like yeah. that black hole. Seriously. So, it, and it is slick. It's all, it's, it's, it's. Is it a real it, dart? No, it's 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 a membership card. It's oh, it'd be a real cool if it was a real dart with well, with, with yeah, dart. The, the 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 dart's an acronym, though. I know so that's what I'm saying. Though. Oh, all right, okay. Um, I can't wait to read this book. It's it's it's. But the card is so cool. I'm going to take it with me on Saturday. Where to New York Comic Con? Oh boy! Oh, snap! You go. You're going, huh? Yeah, I decided to go after all. Are you going by yourself, or is is the Vince one of all you going to meet you? Myself. He's going by himself. You know why? Because I got to oh, wedding. He's got a wedding, wedding too. Yeah. yeah. Are we going same- to the same wedding? No. 
You go remember, to weddings with different sides of the country. Do you remember Michelle, who uh, hosted uh, <laughs> one episode of the Bullpen Bulletins with that David and myself? That is the first episode of Bullpen Bulletins I ever listened to. Well, Michelle's getting married this weekend. And so. I thought you were, like, highly inappropriate with her. <laughs> I, well, I still am, even today. I was like, who is this Vince guy? Like, what is he doing? Like, what? Like, how is she not? I love, I love Michelle. But, uh, yeah, she's getting married. Good man, yeah, too. You guys went through previews that episode, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. We did. So, so there you go. There you go. Yeah, I won't be going, but David will be going, and he's going to get me my Archie swag bag, right? David, right? Sure, boo. <laughs> and dreaming. Oh, uh, just they, Archie's giving away like fifty-five thousand dollars worth of product. Hmm, that's that's crazy. Nice. That's like a month sales for them on the on, on the super on the supermarket newsstands. No, they're climbing, dude. Archie's Archie's doing oh, something I know, right. I, I didn't mean that. In the, I should. I guess. I, yeah, that's actually not that much. I meant it in a complimentary way. But you're right. Fifty-five right. doesn't sound like that much. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're making mad loot, dude. Well, they're doing something right. They're I'll tell you showing... what. You know, we it's been a, we kind of got away from I think, and it's been for our benefit talking about like the numbers and the business side. Yeah. Um. And I part of that is largely that I just don't pay attention to it anymore. Um. <laughs> but I will say. <laughs> I did see something that that's kind of heartwarming. Comic sales across the border up a lot this year. Yeah, so that's great. I hope it's sustainable. It seems like things are doing well. So, yeah, but uh, no, nah, I don't want to get on this, the old soapbox. That's good. Mm. That's, that's good. good man. I'm glad. No, it is. You know good. what? You know what isn't doing well? Hmm? My liver. Oh boy, you know it, why? Because you're drinking that? something. Because he's drinking something. What you drink? What you drinking? What am I drinking? I. Uh, I was feeling a little under the weather, so I, I needed to drink something that would warm me up a little bit and, and kill whatever it is that I might be bothered by. So I'm having some uh, premium bourbon whiskey. Really? Look at yeah. you. Look, on, on the rocks, a couple ice cubes, but yeah, that's what I'm drinking tonight. All right. Wow. Andrew huh? Tom wants someone to say Grand Tetons for no apparent reason just to get me to laugh. Yeah, and and Bob Gar wanted me to introduce myself as a hip hop related name that would baffle you, but I I didn't get this until after. <laughs> you pick anyone, really? Yeah. So. If it's got T in it or or cube, let's I, redo I it. I'm J. I'm J. Ru the Damager. I am. I have no idea who that is. There you go. <laughs> what <laughs> you anyway, drinking, Vin, Vincenza? I am drinking, and I'm doing it because Chris isn't here to give me any shit. I'm drinking Miller Lite because that's all I have. Dude, you and I are like brothers from another mother <laughs> i too swear hand to the flying spaghetti monster am drinking miller light it's not particularly foul i mean it it serves a purpose right it's in the fridge i got to get up at 4 30 in the morning tomorrow for a flight yeah so it's uh it's nice and light doing the trick i gotta Clack watch clap. doing the hurricanes on a night before i have to go to work not very uh doesn't make sense for me i, I will tell uh, you something though i um i was in minneapolis this week uh, for business and uh, had dinner one of the nights at uh, at one of my partner's houses. He he lives in Minneapolis and uh, he had us over for dinner and um, he knows that I'm a beer drinker and uh, so he bought me this uh, Surly, it was called Surly it was perfect for Chris actually, I'm surprised he hasn't had it uh, Surly Lager and uh, it's like a, it's a, it's a I think it's a Minnesota based uh, brewery and it was amazing uh, so wow. any any Midwesterners out there, get, send some shallots to Surly because I've never I don't think it's available in my neck of the woods. And uh, if anyone would ever feels like finding a way to uh, package some of that up and get it over to me, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say no to it. Cool. So I'm not drinking that tonight, but it was quite worth mentioning, nevertheless. 
It sounds good. It does. We got to talk about some be, comics or yeah, tweeting like a bastard here. <laughs> tweet, did you hear me? I was oh, live tweeting. Does, bitch. I do. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's your big old IBM that... clunkomatic keyboard. What the hell is <laughs> that, man? It is. Cha chunk, cha chunk. Actually, it's not. It's not an IBM. It's an old, uh, clear Mac keyboard. You know when you can see through them. Yep. The ones with the black keys, and yep. I keep, I keep it around because it actually has a friggin' page up and a page down key. Uh, mm-hmm. Dude, we have we have I don't know why Dell made these keyboards, but I cannot use a keyboard that the uh, page up, page down, delete, end, home, and insert. They need to be they need to be horizontal. Those six keys, two two rows. Three columns. Those six keys need to be between the number pad and the regular keyboard. If they are vertical, mm-hmm. I, it just I can't. I I, I but, can't. And, you know, at keyboard. least there is a page up and a page down. Yeah, but my I keyboard need, at work I, doesn't have one, and it drives me insane. I didn't think I would miss it. You need the page up and the page down, and I also yeah. use the home and end keys too a lot. Nah, that's just that's just stupid. Why they took those keys off? They're there hmm. for a reason, right? Not not so much the number pad because I'm not Mr. Data Cruncher, but page up, page down, home and end. You need those. Need them. Am I right? You're I right. Don't I don't. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, right. I'm not obviously sure I'm... you don't you don't agree with me. But listen, well, I'm, I'm a touch typer, so I mean it's just I am. Uh, I'm gonna go first. Oh, cool. I am. You, I, let me just ask you a question just to yeah. soothe my 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 nerves here. Okay. You gonna you gonna jump in with me on the before Watchmen stuff? No, no. Oh, 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 oh. Well, I haven't. Re- I, well, it depends what it is. I don't know if I've read it. Well, I'm I, I'm c- up to all of the number three issues, and you, you say that you're not enjoying it. Um, well, I can't say that I, I enjoyed the first issues, but I've had no compunction to to stay current. I mean, I'm getting them all, but I'm not. I wow, read them. you know, they're the only books that I want to read right when I get them. Wow, that's fascinating to me. Yeah, that I, is. I, I can let other shit pile up. I have to read these Watchmen things. I'm I'm enjoying immensely enjoying them and it's well, that's odd good. yeah well i, I see because what i wanted to do was i got about one two three four five six not not in in deep detail seven uh what, I, what i'll do is we'll alternate like you guys go and then i'll talk about it before watchmen then you guys go again and we'll go back and forth all right that's cool if you're going to do okay. seven of them they're going to have to do anti-vince quick hits they are some of them anti-vince. are one line Vince, nice some of them like are just that. one line one it's line like anti, it's like the anti-life equation the anti-vince yeah equation. that's cool well, so, you know, uh, I was actually pretty inspired by Chris's excitement when he talked about the... Uh, I thought you could uh, say his absence. No, 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 no. Oh, and I guess we have alluded to it, but Chris, is, as everyone can hear, is not, not, not around this week today. He yeah. uh, he said to... Um, and I totally understand where he's coming from. He had to, to yeah. make good QT with the wife after his uh, dalliances uh, away of late with uh, Morrison Khan and some of those other things. But um, so, but he did talk uh, what like a week or two ago about his his experience of how much fun he had catching up on old Doom Patrol, and it got us talking conceptually just how you know even if they stopped making modern comics, we could you know do this show for years and years just in reading old stuff and stuff we've either rereading sure. or stuff we haven't read, read but the, you know so i was inspired by that and then in conjunction you know um even though i often uh make fun of uh mile high i've still am signed up for their um you know their weekly 
newsletter. Yeah, so I always too. get the Chuck Rosansky, yeah. oh, you know, we're having 50% off. And then you go and like things are marked up 400%. And then you're, <laughs> but either way, um, I always get them. And he, he was having a thing where he was having 60% off um, Marvel hardcovers for like a three day period. So I'm like, huh, okay. And I expected when I went there that like, again, I would look up stuff and either it wouldn't be in stock or it would be like three times cover price. So it wouldn't be sale. But to his credit, um, a bunch of the stuff in there was, was 60% off cover price. So um, I ordered like 10 uh, Marvel premiere um, of like, you know, reprints of, of the classic Marvel runs, many of which I have in issues stored away here, but I just figured, ah, oh, you know, for this price, it'd be cool to have them on my shelf and, and read them. And I wanted to talk about one that I knew would get your guys' juices flowing because I know it's a book we've all, we've all read and enjoyed. And um, for me, it had been a long time since I had reread it. And that is the premier hardcover of the Silver Surfer Parable by Mr. Stanley and Mr. Mobius. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, it really yeah. is. So this hardcover is interesting because for those that don't know, um, Mobius and Stanley collaborated on a Silver Surfer story back in the 80s, 1988. But it was not long. It was only two issues. Two issues. So it was, uh, you know, it was like not even, I guess, what, like, uh, what, 45, 50 pages? Um, so this premier hardcover is that plus the original Marvel graphic novel, Silver Surfer, The Enslavers, which was by Stanley and Keith Pollard art. So it's kind of an odd combination of, 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 you know, things to put into a book together, but I guess they wanted Silver Surfer material to put in together. So I kind of quickly glanced through The Enslavers part. I had remembered, again, that's something I also had read back then, but I, I didn't, I didn't really dive back into that too much. Um, I really just wanted to reread the uh, the parable. Um, and do you guys remember the story well? I mean, I know you remember the art well, but do you remember the story well? Eh, not so much. You remember the art fondly, though, right? Oh, yeah. It's cool. Oh, right. it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, w- when I think of that, I think, first of all, that was my first experience with Mobius. Um, oh, and, wow. Okay. Two-issue miniseries. Yeah. Two-issue yeah. miniseries, right. Published it was by Epic. Correct, and it was just called Silver Surfer actually back then. Yeah, Parable was the name of the sort of the the subcredit to the story, but the the, the cover was Silver Surfer. Um, so Stanley, I guess, had been a uh, they had he and Mobius had a mutual admiration society for a long time, and you know at the time Stan was still the big the big mocker at at at, at Marvel, and he uh, he convinced he wanted Mobius to do a project with him, and basically gave Mobius carte blanche to pick whatever he wanted to do, and Mobius said, "Well, I find the Silver Surfer fascinating." And Stanton, great, let's do a Silver Surfer story. So um, I remember just vividly being blown away by the art, and I knew that I would get a treat again rereading it. And the art is just, again, it's anyone that's familiar with Mobius, this is classic Mobius artwork. It's just stunning. Um, and and the, it alone, there could be no word balloons, and, and the, it would be well worth you know looking at again. Um, but the story I had really no recollection of, <laughs> other than that the Silver Surfer and Galactus were in it. And I got to tell you, you know, as much as, um, and I know this is going to make Vince giddy, uh, as much as I adore Stan Lee and, uh, and often defend him in, when Vince tries to bust on him, um, this was, <laughs> the story and particularly the, uh, the, the, uh, the script did not, did not equip, was not the equivalent of the artwork. Yeah. Well, I heard it was his first time writing the character, so. Oh. You know. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> so the the premise is basically that Silver Surfer's on Earth, you know, ex Herald of Galactus. Galactus had agreed never to destroy Earth, um, but then Galactus rolls back, and instead of destroying the Earth because he gave his word he wouldn't, 
he starts he comes to earth almost like a celestial wood and gets earth earthlings to start worshiping him like a god and they start worshiping him and he basically becomes like an anarchist god he starts telling them um that they should you know do whatever they want to do and they should feel no repercussions and so forth and so on and um hold hold on what is it a message from the twitter I don't think so. Uh oh, we lose it. Uh oh, no. Sorry, sorry. My wife needed something, and I couldn't. Oh yeah, she did. Oh yeah. No, I was trying. Yeah, I was trying to see what she. Okay, so so, but the premise is basically so Galactus gets convinces Earth to be like anarchistic, and so there's rioting in the streets, and people doing whatever they want, and Earth is basically falling apart, and Silver Surfer is all bent out of shape about it, and Galactus is kind of like. Hey, dude, you know, I didn't, uh, I, I said I wasn't going to destroy the earth, but I, I didn't say I wouldn't, you know, let humanity do what humans do best and be destructive. So, you know, and it basically comes down to Surfer trying to, um, you know, stop Galactus from polluting the humanity's view of themselves. Yeah. But it's, it's, even if it's a decent premise, the execution is pretty horrendous. Like, oh, no. it's just so preachy. It's so preachy. Like, mm-hmm. It's such ham-handed dialogue from the surfer, and it just—it yeah. seems so out of, not even out of, well, yeah, out of character, but just, just no place for it at all. And you just, know, when you take into account his collaborator on this, uh, Mobius, he writes his science fiction is really solid, like the Airtight Garage. Uh, He—he's a very good conceptual thinker. Uh, most uh, like uh, most of the concepts would probably be out of place in a Marvel book. That's how how lofty they are. So I'm gonna attribute this bad writing to Stan. For once, Stan probably wrote this. So, <laughs> right, right, no, right. really. And you know, he he's established a pattern of working with um foreign creators, right? Re- yeah. Most recent, he did um Ultimo with um um what's the guy's name? Takai. Hiroyuki Takai. He, did, he does a series of, of manga where it's just Stan's name on it. It actually says on the cover, um, story and art by, and it's just like Stanley inspired, which we've been seeing for decades, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, but I'm so sorry, like, there's this page, it's page 39, and it's this unbelievable Mobius rendering of, it's a, it's a, it's a full page, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one panel, and it's a close up on Galactus, and there's a helicopter to show, you know, like there's a, uh, um, I remember that, yeah. Like a press helicopter hovering around him, and Galactus is talking to him, and just listen to some of this horrible dialogue. Who are you behind artifice, beyond deceit? Why do you let them think you a god? And then Galactus is like, is God not power? Is God not might? Never have I seen a deity. How then shall I know that I am not divine? And then, like, and this is where it gets ridiculous. Then Surfer's like, surely true divinity is love and grace and knowledge supreme. Yet with all your power, you know not why nor the wherefore of life. And then Galactus says, enough, I weary of such platitudes. It is time to end this charade, this bleak charade. But hold, what flying vessel dares approach? Now, here's a guy that devours planets, right? He's literally like one of the most primal, powerful forces in the universe. Like, he would even notice a helicopter flying around him, much yeah. less break, like, his his diatribe to, to Surfer would be like, but what's this flying vessel that's near me? You know what I mean? Like, just, but, and that's just an example. It's just the whole thing is just like, ugh, like cringeworthy dialogue, cringeworthy. Um, Doesn't and have it's Stan's just, voice though. It, it's, it's strange. It's, it's strange. It's, um, it's, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a very weak, weakly scripted story, but the, the artwork is just like 
jaw dropping, you know. Mm-hmm. And Mobius, you know, didn't get a chance to do much in the way of Marvel characters. So if you are a long time Marvel Marvel fan or zombie, as the case may be, you know, it's still definitely worth having um, in your collection because you know the art in of itself is just fantastic. As is that uh, that poster of Iron Man. I know you've seen that poster. Which, which one? The one um, of Iron Man, where he's just standing against. He's like, it's it's almost like he's in mid stride. He's looking at. Oh, it was done around the same time, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, of course. It's not. It's not like the 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 Michelini era latent drawn Iron Man armor. It's it definitely has a, a Mobius feel to it, but it, it looks a little bit more organic. But yeah, I mean, you see that, and it's just you recognize it instantly. That Mobius, right? That. Right. So yeah, so there you go. It's a little way back, but. Like I said, A++ on the art, uh, you know, like C, maybe C- minus on the story. <laughs> a little all average, maybe. Yeah, like a little something-something, kind of like yeah. just skating by, passing grade. So, uh, what, what, when, when did that come out? 87? 88. 88, yeah. Sam so, was out of practice a little bit. That's what it was. A little bit, yeah. A little something. Yeah. Yeah, all, that, all that Hollywood living. You you give these legendary creators a wide berth, you know, because they've accomplished so much in the past uh, yeah. of no of value. So you got to you got to give them their little bit of their leeway, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm trying to be that- uh, understanding. Yeah. I am. I am. Um, okay, I want to talk about uh, this quickly. R- uh, Rorschach number one. Mm-hmm. Azarello wrote it, and David Lee Bermijo drew it. Yes. Ooh. Yes, it's it's gorgeous. It's it's uh, breathtakingly uh, gorgeous. But um, in a nutshell, uh, Rorschach is searching for a hidden cache of drugs, uh, but gets the crap kicked out of him by a uh, I don't want to say a bunch of ne'er do wells. Let's use the old crow thing. He he gets the crap kicked out of him by a murder of ne'er do wells. Meanwhile, there's a serial killer running around uh, that carves. Um, uh, lines of uh, prose into the bodies of his victims, and okay. this uh, this killer is, has been uh, called the Bard, and so he right. is is starting his uh, ghastly uh, goings on. It's the first of four. It, it's a great issue, but I wanted to talk about one thing in in particular, and it's um, did not, as David would say, pull me out of the story. But when you see the art. It's obvious that it's been heavily referenced. It, it takes place in New York City in July of 1977. Mm-hmm. So you have the seedy, sticky, grimy Times Square of the period, the Times Square that I love. They, they cleaned up Times Square, and I think the city lost its heart. Yes, it was a, a, a de- decaying, little decrepit heart, but it, it just there's some, some of the, the nasty magic went out of New York when they when they uh, spiffied up Times Square so but this is 1977 right and so um, Times Square is still Stanconia mm-hmm. yeah nasty and uh, uh, let's just say a, a pro- I won't give anything away a prostitute does her her little uh, turns a trick in, a, in an alleyway <laughs> she's wiping her mouth on the way out of the alleyway I bet she is. <laughs> she's, she's got green in her hand and she she walks out into Times Square and there it is in 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 full regalia Times Square of the period and there's a theater marquee um in the background a grindhouse theater actually with a double bill and I immediately said 
Nah, son. If you're going to reference, <laughs> if you're going to reference New York City, 1977, you do not have a movie that premiered in 1981 on the oh. billboard. You know, he used Umberto Lenzi's "Let Them Die Slowly," which was how um, dare he? No, no, no. Ah. Which no, which is also it's a notorious film. It was banned in like 31 countries. Uh, it's it's also known as Cannibal Ferox. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a nasty bit of work about cannibalism and there's, there's vivid depictions, depictions of castration in it. But the thing that got it banned, it's, it's a real mean spirited movie. The thing that got it banned was they killed a pig on screen in one of the scenes. Oh, they actually wow. killed That's an animal. Real, you mean. No, for real. Yeah. Uh, okay. Len, Lindsay, Lindsay wanted, um, realism in the movie. Well, it, it cuts a guy's junk off and it's not real. But anyway, uh, and they killed a pig and, and that combined with just the nastiness of the movie got it banned. But the movie premiered in 1981, four years after the, the events of this story and on the double bill, the second big hit, it's called Demonoid. That, that- also premiered in 1981. So he may have gotten, I don't know if, if Demonoid, uh, was on a double bill with Make Them Die Slowly, but, so he did, both films jive in the fact that they're both released in 1981, but they do not belong in 1977. And then, on the, the panel below it, the, the characters walk past the, uh, the porno theaters of the time. Yeah, and it's they showing, do. it's showing a movie called Babylon Blue, which starred Brigitte Monet. And it's Brigitte Money on here. Uh, and the thing about that is Babylon Blue came out in 1984. Hilarious. It's just the thing. Right I around mean, the same time Chameleon came out. And, and I hate to be, you know, niggly about stuff like this, but obviously this stuff is re- researched and referenced. Uh, it, it doesn't take... It, all you've got to do is an IMDb search just to get uh, an appropriate film to put on your marquee. You know what I mean? But he probably found the reference material and said, hey, I can use this. Um, it's not a stiff labored, uh, it's, it is heavily referenced, but it's not stiff. It's not labored. It all looks natural. It looks like a human being drew it, albeit from a source. Okay. It's, it's not what we've come to see from other artists who rely very heavily on reference material. It it does not look like the stuff was processed through a, a Photoshop filter. It looks hand drawn it's gorgeous and 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 uh i i would recommend it but next time lee come on or or maybe it was azarello that sent them the reference material just to, you know one one little google search or imdb search could have hammered that out and made it all nice and 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 jibe you know what i mean but it didn't but so i pick up you- on shit like that because i like bad movies if it was if it was like an above board movie like from Hollywood, I'd be like whatever. But it's let them die slowly. I mean, how did you think of the like the voice of the characters? I mean, because obviously that's a big thing with these before Watchmen, like you know. Yeah, which you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because one of our Twitter buddies commented on that. Um, the Hinton says there's too many articles in use when when Rorschach talks. Uh, he's missing his usual awkward brevity. He liked the book a lot though, uh, and so did I. But I, you know what? It's the voice sounded fine for, for Rorschach. Mm-hmm. It, it is earlier than, than the events of, of, um, Watchmen, so he may have descended even further into the, uh, the, the speech patterns. Maybe this is him just starting to talk this way. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't think so, but, um, there is some really cool dialogue in here. There's one, uh, Jason, you, you'll, you'll laugh. Uh, there's this heavily scarred 
uh, black man. Um, looks like he was either burned or or maybe doused in, in acid of, of some kind. Uh, and he says, um, crime fighter, right? That's what you are? Well, it's finally nice to meet you. I'm crime. And Rorschach's like upside down. So you see the events of the, the, the man and his thugs walking towards Rorschach and all the panels are, the contents of the panels are upside down. It's very effective, uh, use. Azarello's on, on point with these before Watchmen issues. Mm-hmm. I, I love what he's doing. And there's naked ladies and dumpsters in here. There you go. Yeah, there is. Yeah, you, you don't discount that's, naked ladies and dumpsters. That's all Vince needs. Yeah. It's one of my favorite I need, I need, I need more than that, but. Uh, <laughs> yes, and you know, it doesn't. It, this issue doesn't feel out of place uh, in the in, in like a Dexter type world. It has the same, if not look. There's a feel to it, very Dexter esque to me. Maybe it's the killing and the uh, chopping and the carving, but uh, it opens up much like a, a, an episode of Dexter. You know, the, in the credits of Dexter when he's chopping at the pomegranate and doing his little morning thing and the ham and stuff. Well, we see the bard carving into the arm of a dead woman and it kind of reminded me of the opening of Dexter a little bit without the the breakfast theme. There you go. Rorschach's good stuff. Let's move it All on. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll um since since Jason went way back, I'll I'll go a little ways back. Yes. And um and since since Vince is talking about all this before stuff, um a couple weeks ago, Comicsology had a sale on Justice League of America, a 201 sale. Shit ton of things were were ninety nine cents, and um, I decided to. I'm going to rename my iPad Nostalgia because it basically <laughs> it it just it took me back. The only thing that was missing was was the smell of the paper, and I remember wow. reading these. I, I remember when my aunt would go to the flea market, or or her bosses, um, her partner, her law partner's mother would go to the flea market, come back, and and give Gail. A bag, a shopping bag full, or 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 a box full of comics that you picked up, but mostly they were always the um, the Dollar Family issues, whether it's Superman Family, Batman Family, World's Finest, things like that. They were mostly DC stuff, and um, there were a lot of old Justice League of America issues in there, and I just decided to double dip in many cases and and uh-huh. in one particular issue um i at I least if you dip we dip triple dip actually you know what i did because i want to always have it nearby instead of uh instead of trying to crack open a uh a prestige format issue i i i double dipped on uh the nail series so i have all six issues oh see why wouldn't you though exactly so uh yeah. but but the ones that i um i read and reread uh were basically everything that Comixology had that George Perez had a hand in. And so I went back to issue 183, which was actually Dick Dillon's last issue. Uh, Who was on Justice League for a long friggin' time. He was, with the exception of, I think, one issue, I think maybe 12 years he was on the book for. jeebus. Yeah, he he did not... he 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 was. I mean, that's my. I used to think that you know, like John Byrne, or or yeah, you know, there, there were there were some artists who you just you knew you got consecutive issues out of them, and, and sadly that's that's um that's that's long gone. But um, the uh, Dylan was just 
insane. It was it was his book. I mean, there was just there was a look that that his Justice League of America had, and the uh, his last issue was actually one of the uh, annual. Justice League Justice Society crossover issues. Oh, I love those things. And I did too. and and luckily um a few of them that I that I bought during the sale had that crossover, but uh the first one Dylan's last issue and then you had the the next two chapters were were uh were done by were penciled by George Perez. And the first issue 183 actually has a Jim Starlin cover because not only do you get the Justice League of America and the Justice Society of America you get the new gods. And this is basically the return of Darkseid, uh, who wants to basically, he wants to put, he wants Apocalypse to take the place, to reside where Earth 2 actually is. So um, that's his master plan in this in this crossover. And you have you have Granny Goodness, you have Big Barty, you have, uh, I mean, there are just, seriously, who there are this? more. This is written by Jerry Conway. Jason yeah. and and, uh, <laughs> and 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 penciled, like I said, by Dick Dillon, inked by Frank McLaughlin, and um, and and uh, Len Wayne is is your editor. And it was it was three three issues. Part one, uh, where have all the new gods gone? Number two, Crisis Between Two Earths, with uh, which is by Perez and and uh, and again McLaughlin, and uh, Crisis on Apocalypse or Dark Side Rising. So they got that Black Dynamite thing going on, and yeah. they. Uh, and okay. and they uh, and Starlin came back to do the cover for 185. But that was a great little crossover. Great, well, not crossover. Great little three-parter with. I mean, nowadays it would have been a crossover with another book. But I mean, they had everything in these three issues. Great fun. It was. Um, there were uh, there were some heavy moments because you had some some kids who uh, weren't keen on what Granny Goodness. Uh, makes them do and 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 of course so violence to them is the answer and they get that stern talking to from superman and and i mean it's still we're we're still talking you know 1980 so it, it's it's not there isn't anything too overboard but so after i read that i then jumped to issue 192 and uh 193 which was a two-parter and that is actually at the time for a good long while, that was the definitive origin of Red Tornado, and uh, and again penciled by uh, Perez and, and inked by John Beatty this time around. Still written by Conway because he was on it for a long, long time. Um, After he's worked his magic on Spider-Man, he said, "Well, you know what? Let me let me go across the street. Bring some of that over to the, the Justice League, right? The uh, the origin of Red Tornado. It wasn't. It, it was kind of." It, it there was I don't want to say it was low key, but it was it was it was part of the story. Um but it was also a way for uh Barry Allen to not put Firestorm in his place, but basically, you know, teach Firestorm that you need to respect your elders and, and uh and not shoot your mouth off. You know, think first before you speak and because um, there's when when Aquaman went to go rescue Red Tornado, Tio Morrow zapped him, basically froze Aquaman, sent him to the bottom of the Hudson, and um, and it was Green Lantern who found him, brought him back to the satellite, and while Wonder Woman is trying to 
save that's her what you friend. Want to, that's what you want to do when you get the the jump on Aquaman is put him in water. Put him in water. For <laughs> so while he's while she's she's trying to thaw him out, um, Firestorm's like, I don't know why she's bothering to do this. You know, he's probably already dead anyway, and blah blah blah. And and oh, Flash is like, you know, yeah, I know, especially for Firestorm, and uh, <laughs> and a uh, so so Barry kind of just. <laughs> I just got it. So Barry grabbed him by the crook of the arm and was like, you know, let me let me give you a talk to. So they that was a cool two part, and then it was a, a, a oh, and the second part also included the preview of the new upcoming All Star Squadron, uh pencil by oh, Rich Buckler. Right. You know what? I don't give Rich Buckler enough credit. You don't. That I think that man shaped uh, is I don't want to say is as Wolf. No, I, I, I don't think... Big Traders for you. <laughs> no, what I was okay, going to say right, is, whatever. I, I think Buckler played a significant part in my love for the Fantastic Four. Because the the Buckler Synnette issues are strong. Yeah. They're very strong. Yeah, you're not kidding. Synnette yeah. is... Uh, I think, I actually, he's I think... He sent it to win it. <laughs> I, I'm not too crazy about the Perez Fantastic Four issues, though. No, I know. There, no. there. I, I think actually, now that you mention it, I, that's probably my definitive buckler is when he's inked by Joe Sinnott and and, right. and and those Fantastic Four issues because I, I like the Peter Parker issues because of Sin Eater because the you know the introduction of Eddie Brock because of of the of Gene DeWolf and all that, but that looked good at the time. But I I wouldn't say that that was you know Buckler's. High point. I, I I definitely would would think the uh, Fantastic Four issues for that. Yep. Uh, one ninety four is a done in one where um they go up against Amos Fortune. So that you know the less said the better. Uh, then the last of the um Perez JLA JSA crossovers uh involved the um involved a a bunch. Of villains from Earth One and Earth Two, and actually, it was the uh, Ultra Humanite. He had a plan that, uh, when uh, by removing all of the heroes from Earth Two, that uh, that scales would need to be balanced, and and it was it it. I'm sure it made sense in his head, but basically, if you remove all the heroes, put them in limbo, then there'll be no heroes on Earth 2, and the villains can run rampant and, and do whatever they need to, but you had you had, like, the Floronic Man, you had um, Ragdoll, you had Cheetah, I mean, there were a bunch of characters in uh, in these few issues, and, and not not the entire Justice League, either. It was, it was um, Batman, Earth 2 Superman, uh, Adam, Black Canary, so, I mean, you only had a couple of the Justice League characters in in that one, but the big one, the one that this is what I needed. I had to buy this before any of the others. This is probably hands down. No hyperbole since, since Chris isn't here tonight. <laughs> we all this, do that. This has to be one of justice league of America has to be my the most perfect mainstream big two anthologies for me. It, it wow. is those it is it it's i mean and i remember it i re, because it wasn't a um and and maybe vince can back me up on this i don't believe it was a traditional stapled issue i think it was it was stapled and then the cover was 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 glued it actually had like a spine Wait, what are you talking about i didn't hear the name of i heard justice league oh, of america but you number 200 oh 
with the awesome Perez front and back cover. Uh, this, this, this issue, I thought, I used to go back and reread this, not even reread it. I would just look at the, look at the pages because they seem to have, with the exception of, of Brian Boland, because this was really the first time he drew Batman, but they, they were able to take an original Justice League member because it, the issue 200 tied into the Brave and the Bold issue that, that, that introduced the Justice League of America. It was, it was the, um, the aliens and, and, uh, and the meteors that that came to Earth and turned them into trees, and 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 so they they tied into the Justice League's origin. And what you had is you had the original seven League members battle seven new members, and and so you had like um, Wonder Woman versus Zatanna, and that yeah. was okay. drawn by Dick Giordano. You had Aquaman versus Red Tornado, and because it's Aquaman, that was drawn by Jim Aparo. Nice. My favorite, of course, is Green Lantern versus Adam, drawn by Gil Kane. See, I was going to say Superman versus Hawkman. And you know who did that? Kubert. Yep. Yeah. This, the, the, like I said, so you had Boland do Batman versus Green Arrow and Black Canary. Um, Pat Broderick did Firestorm versus Martian Manhunter because Broderick was the Firestorm uh, artist at the time. Carmen Infantino. Flash versus Elongated Man, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and and Perez did the framing. He, he did the uh, the first few pages, the last few pages, and the pages in between the chapters, in between the fights. And you had an appearance by um, Adam Strange and Phantom Stranger. And it is just there is cover has a real crisis feel to it. It really does. Yes, see, with, and the, with the white and things are. It looks like like it, things are getting blasted out of reality. Yeah. Love seeing, I, I would look at this cover because the cover is broken down. I'll, we'll, we'll post a link in the episode thread, but, but the cover is broken down where you have in the foreground all the heroes fighting each other. And then in the background you have in, in one color, whether it's, it's one line work is in blue, the next one is in red, but you have columns or, um, vertical columns of the actual, like the setting where each battle is taking place and um i would just stare at this cover because i would match up i mean i i still do it now but i mean i was like you know eight wow, ten young young I, david yeah and i would just <laughs> I would match up you know where which color where that that green lantern adam fight would take place and and it was but it the way you had the right and and what and I'll put it in quotes, but the right or the correct artist working on those characters, it just it the story may have been you know it's a typical hero battles hero, but I mean there was a reason why they were fighting each other, and then they all had to come together to take to to take care of the aliens. But um, just the way that the it it just I really do appreciate. The, the effort, the work they put into it and into, um, and Conway, Conway wrote it, um, with, with a tip of the hat to Roy Thomas and, um, and actually the, uh, the letterers, um, there are a few letterers, but I mean, one of them is actually listed as the Joe Kubert school. Um, but it, it is, I mean, at the time it was cover date March 1982 and it had a, uh, a cover price of a dollar fifty and it, it's a, um, 
it was about 72 pages or so. So it's almost like an 80 page comic. And it was just, uh, I would, it, it, it is the type of comic where I would sit up and read, stay up late to read and, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, instead of homework or anything else, it was just <laughs> it was an issue that I, and it was also, it was Perez's last issue because at this point, as much as I like him on the Justice League of America, I, I am not bothered. I am, I am, Almost from the beginning, I've been cool with him leaving the JLA to go work on the New Teen Titans because sure. it was it was a one or the other type deal for him. So he couldn't do both, and he couldn't do both well. So I'm I'm glad he made a he, name. He made but, a name for himself. Aaron and 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 for those characters, but it was yeah. It really I'm 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 happy he did it, and um, it may that issue have, doesn't go for big bunny a big uh, bucks, you know. It, you can get really that does. relatively. No, That's, no, no. Yeah, I mean, you can get it from below cover, but it's 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 a. Uh, That's it's, right. It's, it's definitely a uh, an issue that that's near and dear to me. If 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 um if you see me somewhere and and you know you tell me that you know some dude at the back issue bin has it, I, I'll buy it again. I that 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 in the mage books, the, the, those are books that I will constantly. Yeah. In it again. You know, you're speaking of staring at a cover for, for hours and, and thinking about. Uh, you're speaking of being crackly, brother. Well, no, you gotta go back to before watching, but I'll just say that I, um, the the 201 sale, aside from the, the nail issues and, mm-hmm. and these, these issues, I also picked up the two parts where, uh, which I haven't read yet because I'm, it's part of it's a little hard to read but i picked up the two issues where they uh, they tried to recruit black lightning and um and and it's interesting reading barry allen explain the green arrow um that maybe you're th- you're considering black lightning for all the wrong reasons and 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 I, it's like it's like i'm not sure which one's being mr affirmative action and 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 who wants him to be the token on it and it's just i'm just like i don't know if I, it, it's it's a little I Stan Lee didn't write. Oh, that was the other thing. As I'm reading these issues, since I went on about the art long enough, and since Vince mentioned Jerry Conway's time at Marvel, these Justice League issues read as if they were done in Marvel style. They, they definitely had a a uh, a Marvel feel to the dialogue to to the sentences the way the way the stories were laid out the way they um not so much art wise but just just hearing the characters talk and how they would how everything was um was staged it it really did have a Marvel feel to me um years later it, it may not have been something I noticed mm-hmm. years ago but it's it's definitely you know whether that's just Conway's style or if he kept doing it that way but I, I i'm reading it and you know just just listening to uh to firestorm talk to black canary or even power girl during the the crossovers and and uh, even the new gods they just it it felt like a a marvel type story how am awesome. i doing you're great all right you're doing good you going to talk about another no i just wanted to say one thing the right. hinge on david's uh staring at the cover mm-hmm. um w- w- speaking of buckler and Sinnet, Giant Size Fantastic Four number four, the one with the Jamie Madrox uh, explosion on oh, the cover yeah. and yeah, the deuce. Yeah, yeah. I love oh. that cover. That is and, a good cover. And I, I, That's I, way better than that whack ass uh, 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 
cover that <laughs> Love and Rockets cover. Stop uh, it. Uh, no, no. Not even dude, here. stop <laughs> it. I'm just kidding. Dude. I'm just kidding so that Chris can be throwing something at his... At his uh, no, this is, it is a great cover, though. Yeah. Uh, Reed and Ben and Johnny and Medusa. That was when Medusa was on the team. Uh, are just wailing away against like a score of Madrox clones. Mm-hmm. And so I love that cover. And I think it was... Isn't that the first appearance of Madrox? If not first, it's real close to it. Yeah, I should know that, but yeah, I don't know. By the way, speaking of Reed and Johnny, you just made, reminded me of something. This weekend, uh, we, um, in celebration of the uh, of the finally getting up to the new millennium and having a, a decent internet connection, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, the, I was like, oh boys, you know, we could we could stream movies again, you know, but because <laughs> we we basically had to stop streaming movies because you know it would like stutter and stuff with the DSL. So we were looking for something to watch, and we ended up settling on um, on Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh, oh I'm which, sorry. Which, which the boys the boys have never seen, you know. But again, like I'm figuring, like you know, the what we what we need to get out of a movie like that versus what a three, seven, and nine year old needs to get out is like vastly different. So I figured it would be like you know actiony and superhero, you know, it would be like cool for them. So we put it on and we're watching it or whatever, and. Um, <laughs> And they enjoyed it, like they did enjoy it, you know, because they loved the Silver Surfer. Like they they thought he was like super cool looking, and everything. And I, I do think the CGI for Silver Surfer was excellent. But uh, but then we get to like Galactus, and they're like, wait, I, I don't get it. They're all like, I like my two older ones are like, wait, wait, I don't get it. Like where's Galactus? And I'm like, that's Galactus. They're like, cloud. He's wait, he's a cloud. <laughs> like yeah, why? They're like, well, what's scary about that? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you don't think that's scary? And they're like, well, and then my son, Jackson, a seven-year-old who's like got a a brain, like he's got a memory, like still trapped. He's like, dad, isn't Galactus supposed to be a giant purple guy? (laughs) I'm like, well, he is. I'm like, you know, movies sometimes switch it up. And they're like, yeah, but like, I don't understand. Like, why, why is a cloud scary? Like, that's stupid. So I was like, oh, I'm like out of the mouth of babes. I'm like, so there you go. It wasn't just fanboys. Like, no, you know, no. we we're like, you know, these are kids that had no preconceptions about like what the villain should look like or be like. And they were just like, huh? So there you go. Nice. Uh, Vince, you are right. What am I right? Giant size Fantastic Four number four. First appearance. Oh, nice, nice. Um, I'm checking the live Twitter uh, stream here. And we I was going to say. We got yeah, a question. We, we got a lot of questions. Yeah, we got a question from Stanford Harvey J. I can answer this right now. Okay. He, uh, because I have the books right next to me here, I was actually reading them uh, for uh, eventual uh, spotlight on the show. He asks, where is a good starting place to read Judge Dredd? Why, I can tell you that exactly. 2000 AD, recently published, uh, I think there's been, no, there definitely has been two to date. The third is still in... Um, Either it was published and hasn't gotten to me yet, or it hasn't been published. They are Judge Dredd, almost digest-sized, black-and-white uh, compilations of the early classic stories. Now, there's the two that I have are uh, The Cursed Earth Saga, which is incredibly good, written by Pat Mills and John Wagner, uh, art by Mike McMahon and Brian Boland. And the Sweet. other one is The Day the Law Died. Uh, also written by John Wagner, art by Mike McMahon, Brian Bowen, Dave Gibbons, and Ron Smith. And these, th- these things are chunky. They're about uh, 160 pages for one. The other is, oh boy, 100, about 140, 
146, 148 pages. Uh, they're black and white compilations, and they're cheap. They're like 11 bucks a piece, and they will get you. If you read the Cursed Earth Saga and you do not become a Judge Dredd fan, the character's not for you. Hmm. It's just not. I mean, there's giant dinosaurs in, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic, blasted-out landscapes. Mega City One. There's uh, talking. I think it's an aardvark or an arm. Yeah, it's an aardvark if I remember correctly. It's it's awesome, uh, and it's great stuff, and it's cheap. So if you want to try Judge Dredd, it's not going to break the bank with these uh, 2000 AD, uh, you know, bird's eye view editions. They'll give you everything you need to make a decision anyway. Yeah. There you go. That's, there you go. It's funny because I'm looking at all the questions coming in on Twitter and I'm thinking, well, that's one we can't answer. But there you go. You you answered it. Yeah. All right. So how about um, how about this one? Uh, from Chris, I don't know how to say I think, I guess it's V Vrind? Vrind? How would you say his last name? V-R-I-N-D. Chris, let us know how to say your last name. But from Chris Vrind, uh, he wants to know any creators you've enjoyed so much personally that it makes you like their work even more. So I guess he means people that we've met or gotten to know that we maybe like their work even more than we would have otherwise. It's a good question. I, it is I, a good I, question. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, we do have the good fortune of having gotten to know a lot of creators over the years. Um, but I'm trying to think if there's any that, that I, I feel like it Scotty. really made me. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Scotty Young. Yeah. Okay. Um, because initially, I'll be honest, way back in the day, the, the Human Torch stuff, I was like, I don't know. This is kind of derivative, kind of manga ask, a little bit too manga ask for me. But Scotty just grew on me, and then hearing him on that other show, um, uh-huh. yeah, and and getting to know him and just seeing how far he's progressed since then, the man's a monster. But I I I love Scotty's personality almost as much as I love his art. That's a good answer. Yeah. Um. I'm just trying to think again because, like, I think of the people that I consider friends in the business. But again, I think I I was luckily already fans of their work, which which is one of the reasons I wanted to you know took the opportunity to get to know them. Um, I don't know, David. Do you have anything? Anyone that comes to mind? Oh man, uh, art wise, I wow, maybe Stegman. I, I because <laughs> I didn't I no I haven't because I, I didn't I didn't read really any of the Xenoscope stuff I, I um that's oh, I a got good one. answer you know what I got I agree with you on that one too I got because, one yeah go ahead after you go I got one yeah and and I mean it was just it was it was pretty much once he um yeah once once did She Hulk's and and those Spider Man issues and and uh, and even then I I wasn't so familiar actually I read She Hulk's because we would talk at the conventions and mm-hmm. and it was just and it was it was he was one person who i would after meeting him i would i would seek his work out i'd say all right you know it's like she hulks guy. it's and and yeah you're right i mean because if if it's yeah if she hulks came out of fall of the hulks she hulks came out of fall <laughs> of the hulks and uh and so you had uh sweaty ticks it's, it's forgetful text somebody somebody blot that man's forehead <sighs> And, and, <laughs> and Stegman, Stegman uses a stand-up desk too, and he's an illustrator. There you he, go. He, he is a role model. I'm. I, I so want to try that. Even more so that he that he once he he revealed on the Twitter that he's using mm-hmm. the stand-up thing. I want to try it because 
it seems to be incredibly productive to do so. That's cool. So I got two. Uh, first one is Tim Seeley. Oh yeah. Um, nice. I, you know, I was not to be honest. I mean, again, before being honest, I, I was not really taken with Hackslash when I first read it. I just wasn't really my cup of tea. But getting to know Tim well over the years and 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 just getting to know him as a person and his sense of humor and stuff, it made me revisit not only that, but but seek out some of his other work, and I, I've came to enjoy quite a bit of it. So so that's a guy I probably wouldn't have given. Uh, I wouldn't have given as many opportunities to let his work, you know, kind of, you know, define his work and 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 come to like it as I would have otherwise had I known him. And um, and the other guys, Burnham. Uh, um, you know, oh, again, yeah. it's it's hard to say. Like, I know people that maybe are newer to the show might say, well, Burn, you know, because Burnham's kind of a not that his head, not that his head needs to get any bigger, but you know, is a, you know, on a big book now and well known. But you know, um, like having met Burnham, especially at uh, I've told the story many times, but the way he was super cool and drew that Batman for for me at the last second, you know. Because I had promised Collins a Batman sketch and yeah. had forgotten, that made me you know seek out things like Nixon's pals, you know, um, and his uh, his his Marvel 70th anniversary issue, uh, and some of the stuff that he was doing when he was really first coming up, and uh, and, and really become a Burnham fan long before I, you know I would have otherwise been exposed to him and when he got like sort of the bigger gigs. So those are two guys that come to mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I got to say? I would um, consume Burnham's work. With uh, con mucho hunger, even if he wasn't mm-hmm. such a nice mm-hmm. guy, because I, I think he he's a phenomenal illustrator. If he was a complete bastard, I would still uh, buy his his stuff. Uh, well, that's what I mean. It's hard to compare like Burnham right now. I I can't yeah. imagine not being a fan of his work at this point. But I'm saying like this is I'm saying I I don't know that I would have been as big a fan and sought out his stuff you know before he got like a DC deal yeah. and stuff. The fact that he's working with Morrison does not hurt the Does not career. hurt. Does not. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Two uh two questions that uh one is from Zach. Look at you Zach proactive. I am. Uh he Zach is asking me uh favorite oh uh, actually no not even favorite. He's asking me who is the greater inker? Wally Wood or Terry Austin, and my answer is Hollywood. Yeah, you better say I'm yeah, Hollywood. Say, oh, Bobby, <laughs> don't even try it. There, better say no. It, 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 it's, it's just Austin's yeah, great, it, but come on. Exactly, Austin's great on Burn. He's, I mean, not better than Kessel, but he's great on Burn. He's great on Marshall Rogers. He, he, he's, he's Austin made Burn packs, but um, no, I, I, I got to give that to, to Hollywood and Carlos asked the close on Twitter and on our forum. He asks the three of us. What is, and I already have my answer, one omnibus or absolute do you think everyone should read and own? Mm-hmm. I say DC's New Frontier. That was on my short list for sure. Uh, that's a great one. Um, all right, I'll go to Marvel then. I would say, um, you know what, I'll, I'll say Howard the Duck omnibus because... It's way too it's it's way too awesome a collection of work by way too awesome a creator, and is I feel largely in danger of being like almost completely overlooked by this yeah. this generation of comic fans. Um, so yeah, you know I, I'll have to agree with you on that one. I was going to go the easy route and and say Dark Knight Returns because you get Dark, Dark Knight <laughs> Strikes <laughs> again, and, and you get the good, you get the no, you no no you get the good, and you get the better. Uh, yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, you're right about Howard the Duck. Not only uh, I I think it it is a, for someone new to the medium, right? It it is a stunning revelation of what exactly can 
can be possible with with comics because it's amazing even back in the day and even now it is unlike anything out there yeah yeah, yeah and sure. it's just and a companion Gerber piece to that by the way which just came out I got it last week in the mail it was the man thing on the oh list. you got the man thing one yeah Wait. oh yeah yeah I didn't get that oh well I have all I, I have it all I know, yeah, I know but, but I mean I should have but I didn't I like the double dip though I know that's what she yeah. says that's what she says yeah, that's right uh, let's do some more before just... Watchmen let's see what I got up on deck here I got Ozymandias number two which go. was written by Lenny now is that where does that tie into Ozymandias? It's Ozymandias, bro. <laughs> Ozymandias? Ozymandutes. Um, written, written by Len Wein with art by Jay Lee, um, where in which Veet uses his formidable self-made fortune to lay feelers for the fiends that supplied the drugs that killed his beloved Miranda. Or Miranda, if you have more money than me, um, it, it's it's cool. But again, the, for this series, the the uh, draw for me is the Jay Lee art. Oh my god, it, it's incredible! Just uh, he's really pushing the layouts, and there's a plan going on. As as with the first Watchmen, how how Gibbons would tailor layouts. Uh, in a specific way for specific characters and um, different uh, color schemes for different uh, feelings based on the character appearing in them. Um, was John Higgins, right, did the coloring for uh, Watchmen? The, what uh, Jay Lee's doing here is he's setting up a visual language for Ozymandias. It's really cool. Uh, it's very Art Deco, which fits the character, right? And and, and fits the, the, uh, the whole... Uh, Veet Fortune, uh, even if you look at in the, in the original Watchmen, his, his, uh, surroundings were very much Art Deco. So Jay Lee pulled that Art Deco sensibilities into the very panel layout. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And the story's cool. Uh, Comedian pops up in issue two. Uh, I did not read Ozymandias three. That's the one I didn't get to yet, but very surprised at what JMS brought to Dr. Manhattan with the first issue extremely surprised i thought uh jms was just going to wing it and uh produce a by the number you know a a good but by the numbers take on on these characters but his by far was the most ambitious first issue of of all of them well it's never i mean jms is the master of the early issues yeah but I'm, i mean conceptually he's talking quantum mechanics here in relation to I'm the just character. saying he always yeah. tells in the beginning it's the end. Yeah. There's one there's one uh straight out the gate. <laughs> straight out the gate. I really love that Marvel series he did called Ten and a Half. Straight out the gate and in into the the toilet. Straight out the gate and that's there, it. There's a sequence in here that's that's beautifully plotted where um and conceived where uh, little Johnny Osterman uh is uh, had has a birthday party and his father gives him a box and he's like well what's in the box thinking to himself <laughs> what's in the box? What's, uh, th- th- that line is repeated throughout this issue what's in the box what's in the box where uh, as far as quantum physics is concerned anything could be in the box the right. it, the, the possibilities of anything and everything being in that box simultaneously uh are real and and he makes takes that concept of the mysterious thing inside the box and transfers it to the test chamber in which Osterman got trapped 
Okay. That is the box, and it's and and even further, um, uh, Doctor Manhattan questions his very existence, uh, and and he projects his consciousness back to the those actual fateful moments before his creation in that in the intrinsic field chamber, and he learns. And this is this is where the issue is extremely cool, and I'm going to spoil it only because I want you to read this entire miniseries. It's only four issues. Uh, JMS wrote it. Adam Hughes drew it. Um, he he he's watching himself go in for his jacket. Remember how he left his coat uh, in in the in the the chamber, and he goes back to get it, and that's when the door closed yes. and trapped him in there. When he goes to get his watches himself going to get his coat, he sees himself leave. The chamber. Nice. No. So, so how the hell could he both have become Dr. Manhattan and not become Dr. Manhattan? And that's where JMS pushes oh, that. Well, cool. what's in the damn box? Uh, you would think, being Adam, uh, drawn by Adam Hughes, that it would tend to be a little jiggly, especially when there's women on panel, uh, Lori in particular. And there are, there's one sequence where he draws her very, very... Um, alluringly where there's a meeting of the the uh you know the crime busters and and laurie's leaned up against the the uh, uh a machine and uh what's um osterman's wife's name uh, i forget what what the wife's name the one that, you know she died the one that died of cancer right well she's like well, what are you doing i see you looking at her you're staring at her and and laurie's oh. just like whoa look at you she's they uh hughes leaves nothing to the imagination uh certainly not with uh manhattan himself you get to see purple dingy dongy throughout the whole <laughs> uh the whole issue but it's again it's it's a stunning stunning issue that's the thing about these the whole before watchman um group of books they're all top notch there there's not a shitty one in the entire bunch and that flies in the face of 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 uh you know probability right there you would think there would have to be one that's just just out and out sucks mm-hmm. you know the lo- the the law probably says one of these things is going to tank they're all good it's so surprising well i was going to say i mean you i felt like well, as the creators sort of, involved yeah, yeah. I felt like you were bearing the lead there because you were talking about JMS. And I'm thinking, like, isn't uh-huh. the bigger story Adam Hughes doing interiors? Like, isn't that the. It's only four issues, though, so he's probably going to be able to pull it off. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Either way, dude, he's, he's. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's great to, that he's it's doing gorgeous. that. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. gorgeous. There's. Um, uh, Osterman has a. a uh, love of uh, clockwork uh, well, come on you know the story he he loves to fix um watches and he's he's uh hunched over a watch and he's he's doing his thing and uh this gorgeous blonde woman is really hitting on him really coming on strong and body language Hughes just nails it i mean the woman is stunning and he uh rebukes her rebuffs her sends her away actually like nah she's like come on we're all going to the what she said the beach or something we're gonna have a good time he's like nah i got i gotta do my watch he's nuts he's nuts man and uh you adam hughes captures that moment just amazingly well that's awesome it's great stuff and by the way vince when you're right you're right what's that what well in general i think david would agree with me right like when vince is right he's on he's right yes yes and (laughs) when i when i'm wrong i do Really tank. Yeah, you whiffed me. Um, <laughs> it's been a while now, but you were just raving about Razzle to me. Just <laughs> about it. And uh, 
you know, I had read that first issue and had been like, it was good, but it wasn't like it didn't draw me in. And then you were like, oh, dude, but it gets into Tesla, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of. And, yeah, it do. Um, so I had, as soon as you gushed about it, I, had bought, I went out and bought all three of the, uh, of the, you know, oversized, uh, collections. Mm-hmm. So I read the second one this week and it is just, oh man, Jeff Smith. People just don't even, you can't even front on Jeff Smith. I mean, the dude is just. Oh, good. I thought I was going to say he didn't like it. I was like, what? Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, it was good. amazing. Oh, it was yeah. just, uh, I got the third queued up for the plane ride tomorrow, but, uh, but, oh man, I mean, just the format of this book is great. You know, the oversized and just, uh, uh, I mean, it's just like, like the one issue in this book is just almost completely dedicated to the real life tale of Tesla. And it's just, uh, oh man. I mean, um, you know, it, it's funny because Smith, like he, he plays with things in this book. Like, you know, there's, there's, um, there's like moments, I mean, there's overt sex, but then there's like moments where, you know, he's, uh, he's interacting with, with one of the girls and like, just real subtly, like, you know, she's got like nipplage. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like she's yeah. got like the, the nipples in the shirt. And it's just like, oh, look at Jeff Smith being naughty, you know? Like, yes. just, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, just like it's, you know, it's such a, and, 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 and even though so much of it is, 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 I mean, it's science fiction and he, he, yet it's very accessible. But then there's like other parts that are still so unanswered. Like, what do you, now I know you've had the advent of reading the third trade. So maybe I'm asking you to spoil, but what do you make of the little girl with the whack ass? Like brain dead face. Yeah, you're asking us to spoil. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, yeah. so we find out then. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, to a point, it, it mm-hmm. it's one of those Twin Peaks type things where yeah, it could be a, it could be b, or it could be both. You okay. Know? Okay. Uh, but I got going back to the 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 subtle sexuality in it. How off putting is it at first to see Jeff Smith drawn a breast? And you're well, that, just like that's the thing. It, it, I mean, it, it's like this should not be. <laughs> there should there should be funny animal characters in this, and cows running around, and and no, there's there's a woman and a dude having sex, and it's at first it's strange and it's 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 disconcerting, and it's, it feels wrong. But then, wow, he really does a good job with it, and I like the fact that she's a little thick. She's a little dumpy, nice. like, like she's skinny, but she she like like in the lower quadrant, she got a little bit of meat to her, and it and it works. Yeah, she's got she walking around, David, in a yeah. She's got the the open button up shirt on with the with the underwear. You know how they do in the yeah. movies, right? Oh, it's it's yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's real nice. <laughs> it, it's 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 uh, it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. What else <laughs> we can't say. even come to terms with it. No, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's. it's <laughs> It's it's fantastic and and it's a really well thought out story. I just uh, I I, I uh, you know I, I, it's uh, it's a masterpiece again. I don't you know it's so hard for someone to follow up, arguably one of the greatest comic works of all time, with something else. And it seems like both he and uh, you know and Terry Moore managed to to to, to do their parts on that front. I'm not sure that uh, Dave Sim was successful in his endeavor to do that, but I think that uh, these two guys were. Mm, no. And he'll let you know it too that he wasn't successful. Yeah. Yeah. Woe is me. Get off. Get off the, the soapbox, Dave. Um, Damn. Okay. <laughs> no, really. I, got, I, I, I don't want to go there. But uh, So uh, what else? What do we got? Well, let's do a Twitter thing. Um, yeah. Go ahead. You pick one. Uh, Julian Lytle asks, is Vince oh. reading Shonen Jump weekly on his iPad? Yes, he is. Yeah, are you really? Uh, yes, I am. I'm subscribed. Shit, yeah. One Piece on the weekly? Oh, I can't say no. Uh, is Jason going to read Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim in color with a yes. U. <laughs> yeah, he spelled it with a U. 
Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Awesome. Uh, Don Cardenas, who uh, says, who's contributing to Low Concept 3? And if you don't know what Low Concept 3 is, that's the sure, 11 o'clock comics forum member anthology book. And you can read all about that and how to contribute. Where, David? com slash forum or 11oClockComics.com. Right. Uh, and he asked, why doesn't Vince join the Skype and Draws? Is it me? Yes, Don. There you go. It, it's okay. you. Don't it's ask you. questions. <laughs> want to answer to. Well, no. Don also I asked, just don't have time. Don also asks, who, who would you still do a pod with if and when EOC ends? Uh, I don't want to think. Well, I don't think that. I would. That's not even at yeah, least not a, at least not a comics related podcast. I mean, I, I as some know, I've I've I mean, we have a, a, a you know reasonably popular um, fantasy football podcast related to football guys that are host. It's hosted by two of my good buddies, so I, I would be willing to do something like on that on a more regular basis. But I, I don't think I would do a comics podcast. I don't. It'll be it'll be a long like five months before Vince calls me back. Oh snap! Oh, snap! You know I mean, what? I would do, like the Boo Cast with David, where he and That's I. That's just... right. Yeah, I, I think we would Dick. all. Two, two for boo. You can call it two Two for boo. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, honestly, and and in all seriousness, when this is done, I am done. Yeah, yeah. We've we've done two hundred and thirty-four uninterrupted weeks of podcasting. I mean, by the time we're yeah of of just this one, right? But still, um, and let's be honest, I pretty much. We pretty much have found ways of saying the same thing over and over f- for 234 episodes, right? We, we, we still have the same kind of opinions and the same manner of delivery. We're just trying to find new ways to say what we've always said. We love comics, right? We just want to keep it exciting. But the time, when the time comes where it's not exciting anymore, we'll, Stretch it for another two years, and then we'll call it. <laughs> exactly. <a day. laughs> yeah. So we're like, we have like another three weeks left. <laughs> <laughs> no, we. Do, I, I don't think people don't have to worry about it. We got it along. Look at, look at Ben T, the youngster, being dirty. He I says, know. If you could only have one ass or boobs. <sighs> Depends. If it's like a little boy's ass, then. then <laughs> oh, well, I, I <laughs> he clearly means an abundance. I uh, see. I. The, with the ass, you almost get like a twofer. So I'm tempted. <laughs> I'm tempted, right? But I a little, I, little stank in the know, middle, man. I like, I like. Uh, yeah, that's that's a toughie. All right. I think, I think, uh, I think I'd go ass if I had to do one of these. I yeah, because I mean, ass at least to ass. I know where my hand fits. Stop. All right, stop. Enough. Stink, stink, Ben. God damn it, Ben. You're ruining stuff. It's true. It's yes, true. he always ruins stuff. Um. I got Minutemen number three, where things take decidedly darker and deadlier turns. Really? Uh, it, it, oh, yeah. It gets, with the third issue, it gets really nasty. Yeah. Um, uh, Darwin Cook, monster. Yeah, com- complete and utter comic book making monster. Uh, that's no, all no. I can say. If you're not reading Minutemen three, of all the, uh, min- not Minutemen three, uh, if you're not reading the Minutemen specifically, uh, you, you really need to change that. If you don't know, now you know. That's right. Uh, in Silk Spectre number three, Laurie trips balls, and and receives uh, no really she she's dosed she's dosed at a party and just and trips her ass off and um, has a conversation with her dead bird and you know just 
looks at her boyfriend lovingly with eye can as uh, the eye candy that he is. Uh, but it it turns it turns really dark towards the end. Um, uh, Sally's not pleased that that uh, Laurie left home. She's not pleased that uh, she's shacked up with a dude, and she kind of. Uh, well, she guesses that maybe she may be doing a little, little, uh, of the family business on the side, which she is. Uh, so she sends someone to check on her. And, and that someone is guess. Uh. She, she, she asked Hollis to do it and, uh, he wouldn't do it. So, uh, you know, he's like, give her space. She'll, 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 she'll be back. She'll come around. Uh, but Sally's not having it. Sally wants what Sally wants. And she sends who? Uh, come you on. Me. We're talking Laurie here. So who's the obvious choice? She sends the comedian. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, um, he makes it so, uh, Laurie's boyfriend, uh, makes it look, he coerces Laurie's boyfriend into leaving. And uh, in an amazing sequence, which is drawn by the great Amanda Connor, uh, the comedian is watching Laurie as she sleeps, and she's she's clutching, uh, you know, uh, the the boyfriend's coat, and 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 she's just very peaceful. And earlier in the issue, Laurie goes to like a a clothing shop and gets these boots. And while she's there, she picks up some jewelry and it just so happened that the jewelry were smiley face themed. There was a necklace, earrings and a button. Button. So the, the famous blood spattered comedian button came from Laurie. Ooh, that's awesome. That is cool. That is friggin awesome. Darwin cook. I don't have to buy the book now, but that's cool. No, I mean it's just a little thing. It doesn't. No, it's, totally it, it's, it's it's it. But it is. It's a little thing, but it's a huge thing because it it shows you that the creators uh, obviously have reverence for the source material, but they're not afraid to go in and embellish and flesh out some details that they think need it. And that w- w- something is inconsequential as the comedian's button. Now you read the original, you don't have to know anything other than. He goes by the, the, the nickname or the, the, the alias comedian. He's got a smiley face button. It, it goes well together, right? But, mm-hmm. she, you know, Darwin and Amanda are telling you where this button came from. That is very cool and it works well. It works extremely well because there's a link between Laurie and the comedian. If you haven't read the original, Jesus, go do it. Uh, and, uh, it's, there's mondo sex in this issue. Oh, I love it. Naked orgies. Drawn by naked orgies drawn by Amanda Connor. Boobs out, heart, boobs out the wahoo. Donga dingy, uh, naked ladies. And in the midst of it all, a very extremely famous crooner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful and it's dirty and it's Amanda Connor and you got her. Dirty, dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda's wow. One more before I, I hand it over, and it's not—it's not anything. It's—it's it's one panel in the comedian number three, either Azarello or J.G. Jones, or okay. both of them have a really cool comic-based sense of humor because uh, the comedian manipulates a group of uh, black people into rioting and 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 looting. Uh, and one of them hits him in the face with a brick. Uh huh. And on the brick, it says, 
Harriman Brick Company. Uh, George Harriman was the creator oh, of Crazy Cat. Crazy Cat, yeah. Who, okay. who would frequently have bricks thrown at him by Ignat's mouse. Yeah. And that is hysterical and it's mm-hmm. it's just it's just a a little tiny easter egg in in a in a way way bigger story and it's it's very cool so yeah you know now you can take it away well i think there's a really good question from a mr matthew schofield nice uh, as eoc has become more popular is it harder to give honest slash negative reviews especially if you know the creator responsible uh, and I think it's a good question, and I'm—I mean, in other words, I think it's a, a question, like a thoughtful question. Yep. Um, but I, I mean, and I think I probably do speak for us all. I don't think it's gotten harder. I mean, I think that we are what we are, and so we're honest. I mean, we we certainly haven't avoided. He he words it. He says honest slash negative. So I mean, to me, has it gotten harder to give honest reviews? No, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think there's ever been a time. Where I or I got the sense you guys have given a, a dishonest review, um, so so that's no to that. Now negative. Um, I mean, I'll say this uh, in general over the five roughly five years we've been doing this, um, having the fortune of getting to know a lot of creators, there have probably been times where I have read something by someone I've known personally that I didn't love. Or, 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 you know, particularly like, and I may have opted not to actively discuss it, in, but I certainly have never discussed something in a positive light that I genuinely was not a fan of, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I've maybe omitted at times, on a rare occasion, I mean, it's not very often, um, but, but I've not intentionally misled people by saying I like something I didn't. Yeah, well, that's exactly it, uh, the omitted part. Uh, you could tell when I don't um, like something, I won't talk about it. Right. If, if I don't consider something worthy of talking about it on the show, chances are real good I didn't like it. Or I just didn't read it. So, it, it, you know, take that as you will. I, I, I would much rather bring uh, joy and enthusiasm and, and just love of this stuff to the show instead of coming on and just ragging on something. If But if there's something really... Nasty, bad, and and you know, an, an an easy target. Yeah, I'm not above picking an easy target. I'll go off on something, uh, just to have fun with it, right? Like, come on, uh, Greg Land. <laughs> He's been the whipping huh. boy for friggin' years. Or uh, John even Cassidy even of late. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, not a good look. You're right. You're right. But no, who the hell wants to talk ill of comics? That's not fun. Well, yeah, but on the other hand, I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I mean, I think we're always honest. I mean, if if like one of you guys brings up a book that that just let's say it's a book you like, but it's something I've read and I didn't care for, I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, I'll be honest and say, well, it's not my cup. Of. Right? You, you know, you got to be honest if you oh, yeah. throwing barbs at uh, brothers Hernandez because they are oh, about as about there. as sacred uh, cow as you're yeah, going to get. He's just kidding about I that. I mean, we that, we, we will we will literally honest to God talk shit about Dark Knight Strikes Back, but. The truth. I don't um, see that. It's like the perfect work. It's oh lord. lord or Rick Veach. Oh, oh you <laughs> douche! Yeah, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? In another ten years, after you've matured, you'll oh. get, you'll get <laughs> Veach. Did he did finally come around to 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 quietly and and to he did Albert and yeah, he did. it's, it's you know he's all grown up. Uh, up. <laughs> the 
Dan, I'm taking Dan uh, Leaf Insect Man to the prom. Nice. All right. Yep. Best prom ever. He's right. We will have fun, Dan. All right. Respect. Yeah. What else we got? <sighs> uh, well, let's see. Ron uh, got a new pillowcase. <laughs> Why would you tweet what? that? What? Ron oh, got Vince. a new pi- pillowcase. Vince. What? Yeah. We got to talk about Josh Simmons, dude. We oh, do. Yeah, you do. Cockbone. Yes. Well, you've already talked about Cockbone at length. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, I don't even remember what episode that was, but that was maybe two years ago, right? I did say. I do it on, on the show or did I do it on the forum? No, no, you did it on the show. Oh, cool. You spent a big chunk of Yeah, yeah. So, so that was when I first heard of Josh Simmons, which was when you talked about the, uh, the aforementioned Cockbone. Cockbone. But as part of the, um, the recent Top Shelf sale, uh, I ordered his four issues of his mini comic, which I believe was his first work, or close to being one of his first works, uh, known as Happy. Not to be yeah. confused with Happy with an apostrophe, uh, with an exclamation point, which is the new book by Grant Morrison uh, and uh, Derek Robertson. But this is Happy without an exclamation point, and it's by Josh Simmons. Um, so I read all four issues, and I believe you have them as well, and have read them, sure although do. it's been a while. So I went into this well look, I, I knew from from your discussing of Cockbone that Simmons can get out there. Uh-huh. Um but I did not know what this would be like in terms of happy, what to expect. And I found it to be fascinating on a lot of levels. The first of which is that it's four issues written over a pretty extended period of time. Right. And the first issue if if you if you chronicle what the first issue is like relative to the way the series ends, I mean, it is diametrically different approaches to the comic right. books. Right. I, I, mean, I think the the uh, worm started to crawl out of the apple with issue number two. Issue absolutely. number two is pre- pretty foul. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, issue number one is really, in essence, his telling a bunch of different stories about happiness. Effectively, I mean, it really is. There's a story about love, and, and, and there's a story about crazy-looking stuffed rabbits that live on a planet where they're all perfectly happy all the time and yeah. nothing can sway them. But, I mean, but it's, you know, again, it's, it's there's, I mean, there's a hint at maybe some more ominous undertones, but it's not, you know, at the end of the day, the story in and of itself is what it is. There's a, a there's a, no, there's a pretty, I guess this isn't overtly happy, but there's a story where, like, a popular kid in school is standing up and talking about all the other people in school, and he's basically, you know, talking about how awesome it is, and everybody's awesome. But he's, it goes into where he starts really like ripping apart like the lead, the losers and the dweebs of the of the group and stuff. And um, so he's clearly making a commentary about like society and relationships and the way that we treat each other. But it's, I think, reasonably accessible. You know, like each yeah. of the stories is, you kind of get where he's coming from. And it's kind of very, very surface level and, and well done. But then, like you said, all of a sudden you get into the next three issues and it's like, what? I mean, I mean he, I, he, he goes all in. Yeah, <laughs> goes- I will say one thing about Josh Simmons. Uh, and you can probably tell if you've read Cockbone, but if not, uh, the dude is fearless. I mean, yes, th- there, there are certain things you put on the page and certain things that may take a little bit of, self-coercing to get on there um he he has no filter i i I don't think anyway i I would agree yeah he he just lays it all out uh for example the you you open up uh the funny animal cover of uh, the second issue which is subtitled elephant bunny and chicken and there's a dude 
running uh, across a, a, a semi-pastoral landscape in the background. There's funny it's a animals. Ginormous cat. He, he has a giant dick, and it's, it's swinging giant. in the wind. It's yeah. huge. And, and it's 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 as thick as his legs. Um, and and he's just running, going ah, just having a great time running with my dick flying in the air. Like what? Well, right. I mean, that's right. the second issue. I think is the is is by far more interesting than the first, because after that picture, then you have a, a little soliloquy on autobiographical comics, and it's drawn. Now, now I would ask you to describe Simmons' art style, because because there's a very how can you? He uses a variety of techniques in. Yeah, books. it's right across the board. He 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 does a very quick, uh, just almost like a super shorthand version of of reality in the first story, which is basically about him seeing a guy at a baseball game with his sack hanging out of his shorts. It is indeed that. His, his father took him to a baseball game, and, and Simmons was not very uh, sports-inclined. Uh, and the thing he took away from it was uh, the uh, brashness and uh, let-it-all-hang-out-ness of this dude who's sitting there in the heat with his nutsack hanging out. <laughs> and, yep. and he, he tried to uh, take that... Um, confidence that he saw in that dude and and bring it over to his own life and so there's a little uh, uh, section where he says just a few years after this whole affair i was finally allowed the opportunity to fly to try it out for myself i sprouted the needed tufts about my testes and peener and had tripled in size as well as finding suddenly that i could make the little guy spit with a few well-timed strokes <laughs> and he's it, it, simmons draws himself as a child with super 70s era shorts on and he's rubbing his junk <laughs> mm -hmm. but that whole that whole story Man, is also interesting because he's 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 just blatantly making fun of of autobio comics right that, right that his contemporaries were doing yeah. of of where they just basically simple drawings of 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 average people talking about the most mundane parts of their life and right. he's basically eviscerating that kind of storytelling at the same time he's doing it himself which is i thought really funny because as you know i'm i'm kind of ambivalent about a lot of those those works as even the most well respected of them they they, they often are hard for me to really get into right. um but but then but, i mean towards the end of the issue though you have a two-page comic called Helping Hand, where this dude in a in a in a raincoat unzips his pants, and he's got a a garden hose for a dick. Yeah. yeah. And and, and uh, God or some supreme being reaches down from the the clouds and adjusts the nozzle on his uh, hose slash penis to help him get it running. Uh, and the guy just pisses on people on the other side of this, this gorge. And it's kind of funny, but it's just like one of those, like, wow, this is just, it's kind of dumb, kind of funny, kind of disturbing in the, in the, in the same, uh, simultaneously. But the last page, uh, no, not the last page. There's a, there's just one page strip in here called, um, this is the name Simmons gave it. Uh, it, he calls it fucking faggot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just uh, a guy verbally abusing a kid drawing yeah. in 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 uh, under a tree. Uh, that's the entire strip. Um, if there's supposed to be a point to it, I don't know what it is. It's just this guy just 
brutalizes this kid. What's up, fag? What are you doing? Drawing you fag? And he keeps calling him names. You're pathetic. You're weak. You're, you deserve to have your ass kicked. And then it gets progressively worse, where I'm not going to repeat it. And, <clears throat> and the, the kid said, you know, I, I'm not a faggot. And the guy says, yes, you are, and kicks him in the face. Yeah. And, and, and Simmons just leaves it at beating ensues. Now, whether this is a, a, a moment from Simmons' own life, it says Josh Simmons, March 1999. Uh, that's probably when it was drawn. But um, I don't know. This this could be ripped from the, the page of Josh Simmons' life. We don't know. He doesn't give sure. you any indication whether well, it was or not. You know, but and it's then very that disturbing. last page, dude. I mean, that last page is the stuff of nightmares. It's like it's it's a wordless page oh, yeah, with yeah. these two alien-looking, really long-limbed, um, like oval-shaped faces with these really sinister faces climbing it's it's climbing up the ha someone's hallway upstairs to the to the second floor of their house and it's you know really dark secluded it's like they're sneaking in at night and it's like they're climbing up the stairs and they just evil and they got like big alien ding-dongs and it looks like it just you can't help but like think like they're going up to like assault or like yeah. molester terrify yeah. something that it's the light source that's really disturbing in that. oh it's unbelievable i mean it's one of the yeah. scariest images i've ever seen in a comic it's, it's really it's, I think so. Like, I think if I were, if I was like a, a, like, if I was back, like, 13 year old me reading a comic books and I read this, it would freak me out. Like, this is that kind of, I think it's that, yeah. that powerful. Well, that, that's the thing. The, the, the style of that drawing, uh, on the last page is very similar to the strip in here. The king of the world makes a new friend where mm -hmm. it's, 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 I, I, countless lines. I mean, he goes in and just renders everything. Uh, with, with, uh, little tiny marks and, and stipple where necessary. And it's just, it's just a blizzard of lines. There's, there's, I don't think there's, there's not a, a, a millimeter of each panel that doesn't have some kind of mark on it. That's not like a stark highlight. And that's, that's what he does on the last panel. But one of the creatures who is closest to the light source has the side of his face completely illuminated. Like it's almost completely white. And that's really, I mean, it just, makes it pop it's very disturbing because the, the the creature closest to the you the viewer is in shadow or mostly in shadow and it's just disturbing it is it's very nasty. yeah yeah but uh, and, and I, the that's the thing he's a chameleon issues. yeah the yeah. last two issues although there are other things in them largely revolve around his time with a traveling circus mm -hmm. and i don't know how much is fake or how much is his real experiences but i mean this is like more of the um of like the for the freak show type of circus than it is the uh like the Barnum and Bailey type of circus. And it's like I mean, it's just off the charts. I mean there's just all measure of transsexual love and S and M and freaky and beastie. I mean, it's just crazy stuff, and I, it seems like he's talking about people he really knows. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it, yeah. if these are fictional or, or or drawn from real experiences. But it's 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 wacky. So like, <laughs> what I've been trying to think about though is 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 what do you make of the collection? Like, what do you make of the four issues in total? Because I'm not sure, uh, other than taking away that this is sort of a snapshot of his his evolution from. A storyteller trying to tell a narrative to just being, like you said, becoming this fearless guy who's just willing to put out whatever comes to mind. I mean, do, do, do you think there's a more of a, a – are there other journeys that go on in this four books other than that? Because I don't know that I, I – that's really like the main thing I took from it. Well, um, we all we can really know is is – 
is unless you know Josh Simmons and can ask him personally, like what was the goal with, with these these four issues? Right. Uh, all you all you have to go on is is what's presented to you on these pages, right? Sure. And um, we can guess. I mean, to me, it just seems like uh, a, a, a creator without a stopgap, uh, or, or or like a. a do I want to say a moral compass or a a moral uh, like a bleeder valve that 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 can leak off the stuff in another direction that you really don't want to reveal? I mean, the, the, I think it's very refreshing that it is so visceral and so open and 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 very freaking disturbing in some spots. Like, uh, there's something to be said for just laying it all out. The, here it is. Take it or leave it. This this is what I was feeling at this exact moment in time while creating these comics. These are little snapshots of Josh Simmons, the Josh Simmons, the artist at this period in time. Right. That's who else does that? There's not a whole. I mean, Johnny Ryan. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there there's maybe a handful of other guys that 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 really can can get away with doing that or are willing to do that. Really, uh, you don't see it. All the time, we we have we all have those little internal sensors uh, that 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 limit what we're willing to reveal about about our feelings and, and who we are and stuff. Josh Simmons doesn't seem to have that. He just I mean his let, his ode fly. to women in the last issue is fascinating. I mean it's uh, cause you got to like wonder see- again is that true? Is he just trying to piss people off? Or- <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter though. Like he's got a draw, like, and for people, so it, this Ode to Women is basically a, a, it's a, it's a, it's a six panel grid, um, with different depictions of women. And they range from like one picture is a, a relatively normal woman walking in a, in a, a forest with, with waterfall. The next picture is, uh, you know, a, a Asian looking naked woman with legs spread. The next one is a deformed <laughs> woman. The, you know, there's a picture of a woman being tortured and bleeding. There's a picture yeah. with a woman ass up getting ready to be banged doggy style. Like there's all kinds of different depictions of women. And he, and he goes in this really long ode to women. And it, and it, it's just like shocking some of the things he's saying. And you wonder again, is he doing it just, just to do it? Is he doing it just to press buttons? Is he doing it because he believes it? Like he says in one far too often, these unpleasant, obnoxious types confuse a person's not liking them as an individual with not liking women. How easy to shriek misogynist rather than own up to one's own personal particular defects. A wonderful shield for an insecure female to hide behind, certainly. You know, and the picture is like a woman being tortured to death, you know what I mean? And then, like, the the next line says, but since we're on the topic... Let us stoke the flames of discontent. Let us goad and irritate for the sheer fuck of it all. Let us suppose that stereotypes and generalizations exist for a reason. And that picture is a woman ass up getting ready to be taken, you know? And then the next one is like this Butch Dyke picture, like, you know, like a, like a, an almost a man looking like almost Nick Fury looking, you know, person with claws and like, and, and, and saggy boobs and says, and that females can oftentimes be disgusting and unlikable in ways that are particular to females. Just as men are often brutish, dense clowns, flagrantly displaying such traits as manipulation, screeching ferocity, and hypocrisy. Like, and he just goes on and on, and, and uh, yeah. it's it's fascinating more than like it's it's just. I guess I, I, appreci- I appreciate that he he's putting himself out there like that. I mean, it's just yeah. it's it's you know it's it's uh, it's ballsy. It's certainly ballsy. Do you have the furry trap from Fanographics? No, but I, I'm about to order it because I now yeah, that I you, now you that I've seen to get it, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, cockbones in it, that, by the way, it's it, it's all her horror stories. Um, but I'm saying cockbone it, is in that. Well, yeah, yeah. It, just it, it's, saying cockbone. It's <laughs> bone. Actually, the character's name's Bonecock. Yeah, he just flipped it for the title of the story. Sweet. Yeah, so you get both. You get the best of both worlds. Yeah. 
yeah, Josh is um, he's unique. I would really love to have a sit down with him and just try and uh, crack open that eggshell of a head and just peer inside and see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no <laughs> I don't know if I'd like what I would find. Yeah. <laughs> you would love what you would find. I, I think uh, oh, I know. Yeah, but yeah, the rest, I, be, the rest of us would go running for the hills. Kind of like a haunted house, though. You know what I mean? You know you're going to be scared going in, but you're going anyway. What's up with that? What's up with that? David, you have anything? Well, since Chris isn't here, I can't talk about Rachel Rising. Jason's no, here. he'll get mad. Um, he's got a lot to talk about. But uh, Chris, Chris, I mean, yeah. between Rachel Rising and and building stories and everything else, but um, I, I was uh, we really have to. I mean, building stories is probably going to take an entire episode. No, well, I yeah. don't have it. So, best uh, yeah, I best I best get this big ass fucking book. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's about the size. Exactly. No, it's about the size of an absolute. But you know what? If you take it, take everything out of the the box and hide them around the house, it will look like you don't even have it. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, I have been um, reading the uh, ah crap the um, American Elf, starting with nineteen ninety nine. Okay. So I, uh, which is, I mean, it's it's great. It's it's basically, it's it's a sketchbook. It's it's just he he. Uh, yeah, the people who do the photo a day, he does a sketch a day, a, a yeah. short little three or four strip. Uh, moment from his day, or or Kachuk um, is another guy that's very willing to to put it all to, out there. Put it all out there, yeah, yeah, but nowhere near as disturbing as Josh no. Simmons. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for truth. Um, but it's it's. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it because I mean, you know, not all of it. It's it's not the kind of um, newspaper comic strip where you know you're, you're reading it in one two and then the third panel is the punchline or something it's just this is what he did today played game boy and answered the phone and and or he walks from mcdonald's but but his girlfriend picked him yeah, up yeah and, and that's so, one I mean, of, yeah that's one of the things about kachalka though he is so amazingly mesmerized by the mundane and you that's gotta, no you gotta wonder if if that's all legit like oh a fly oh, lilted okay. lilted on my windowsill hi fly well, the, the, the fly smiled at me it's like really are you are you for real there was there, there was one where he, he says uh we went to go see annie tonight but i don't want to draw that so instead here's this and i'm like and dude, trust me, I, I get that because when i ate it it could be like 11:15 at night and i'm like oh shit i didn't take my photo with a day all right Here's here's my foot sticking out of the bed sheets. It's like you know, my it's balls. just things where it's and it's not. It's in my balls. It's not. It's not my eyeballs. But it's uh, it's my balls. you know. So I mean, I I get where it's like, ah, oh, this is a fucking chore. I just had to do this every day. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm still, you know, like I said I'm just in 1999. I did pick up uh, the other few issues. I think it's up to 2001, 99, 2000, 2001, maybe 2002. I have I I they're each. I I. I them all up well for, friggin worth it yeah because they're over they're almost 400 pages it, it's it's a sketch a day so um i yeah. love his draw his style too i i wish i could again there's a fearlessness that goes along with with that uh extreme graphic shorthand that that kachalka does where the average person the layman not um 
experienced in uh, you know variety of artistic styles would say my son can draw better than that yeah. you know yes. i'm sorry to use the southern drawl but I, I, you know, maybe it fits um in and it, it's anything but there there's there's a a process that one goes through to get from you know a drawing style where everybody would get it to the point where it's it's that unique dis- distillation of James Kachalka right and yes. they they don't understand it they think it's I, oh, it must be easy i believe but. i i i go by the theory or i i i believe in in the school of thought where you need to know the rules in order to break them yeah and if if you know if you i mean anybody could draw a dog talking to some strange looking creature wearing glasses but mm-hmm. you know if it still has to it still has to fit in this world that that Kachalka created and and it's just but if yes it might take a little bit more effort or or it might be harder to do it if if it was more realistic if it was Lee Bermejo doing a sketch a day yeah it it'd be a little different but this is this is just you know this is this is a th- him thinking about a moment that day, and he's just right. draw it, and and but it's still there's still consistency there. There's still there's nothing. It, it's not stick figures. I mean, if you're going to do that, then you can do stick figures and just be like, yeah, I, I drove in a car, and you just draw a little little. little well, skirt, it, it worked for Matt Feasel, right? Stick yeah, figures. well, yeah, yeah, but but I mean, but that's still it, if if that's all if that's all Feasel could do, he wouldn't. I don't think. Obviously, McLeod's social man came because was was huge. But I'm thinking that if that's he wasn't a one trick pony because it's it's no. Cause Scott McLeod gives him Zot half and, and and you know and I said antisocial man. It's cynical man. I'm sorry. Why did I say antisocial that, man? That's oh and and as mm-hmm. soon as you said that, I was thinking of lethargic lad and 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 I know that's different. Right. But I still, you know, it. But it, that whole era or or look, I, 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 I miss Lethargic Man. I, I used to love that comic, and and uh, I know he does web strips, and he actually does. He, he, I think he's doing commercial work these days. But um, there, there are people who, even people who who it looks like they take the easy way out, or they're taking shortcuts. They, I have. It, it was a long hard road to get there they didn't again look at gary panther there's I, I mean i would i would think the vast majority of people to which you show gary panther's art would be the reaction would be you know uh, well i can draw better than that yeah in in which my answer would be no you can't no 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 you can't never in a million years could you do that because that that's this is the process the, the product of a long process in which a person's identity is is transferred into lines on paper mm-hmm. <laughs> think about that try and wrap your head around that how incredibly difficult that is to 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 convincingly pull off anybody can draw right kids kids can draw before they walk in many cases right uh well, at least mine did but um so it's it's easy yet it's an incredibly difficult thing to do and and artists struggle for for across the 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 length of their entire careers to get a a uh graphic representation of who they are that fits well with what they want it to be it's tough 
and whatever. I don't know where I wanted to take that, but uh, it just kind of ran off the rails there towards the <laughs> no, end. You, what? You, what? You, yeah. What, what? Uh, so, um, Zach asked me since I began playing outside of the mainstream sandbox, what's been my favorite comic discovery? And that's tough, man, because there's been a lot. I mean, it's been, I mean, pretty voluminous at this point. Um, voluminous. Uh, oof, I, well, hmm. I guess, um, man, I don't even know where to begin. I, uh, I, I one of the first things that comes to mind, Strangers in Paradise, but um, I don't even know if that's out there enough for what he's talking about. Um, maybe Adrian Tomine. Um, I don't know. I mean, jeez. Uh, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Pim, what do you how think about Pim, Pim and Francie for you, right? Uh, well, I enjoyed that, but I mean, but I wouldn't put that like in my in my oh, faves. Oh, Pinocchio, Pinocchio. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. Or um, oh um, Vince, what's uh? I can't think of the um, the, the Manchester one, um, Five Thousand. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, I'm thinking of uh oh god, I can't. Why can't I think of the guy's name right now? Um, uh, Jesus. Um. Uh, <laughs> It's the one, the one where the the uh, you and I talked about it. Uh, the the oh god, I can't think of the name now. <laughs> Please wow. give me a nugget. You're <laughs> I'm trying. I cannot think of. Uh, That's okay. You, you guys so talk. I, it'll come back to me. It'll come back. To me. And what was the question again? Yeah, what was, it, it's 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 what uh, what non-mainstream work have I have I found the most most oh, enjoyable? Yeah. Well, I can't answer for you. You can. I can't answer for you. No, oh. you're you're Jason Wu. You, you probably answer could. for yourself. Nah. Prison pit. No, the uh, no. Yes, yeah. prison you know, pit. Yeah, Jason's like hell to the no. He didn't like prison pit, which is uh, maybe I think you should revisit it because you you really surprised me with the Josh Simmons. I don't. I didn't. I would never have thought that that's a person whose work would click with you. Hmm. Interesting. You, you may you may be digging on the prison pit if you just let it again, let it all hang out and accept it for what it is. This no holds barred, pedal to the metal, uh, car, you know, carnage, mayhem, destruction. It's it's it's. There's I don't think there's a deeper meaning anywhere in prison pit other than just carnage. Mm-hmm. It's people click. It. All right. I, I love it. Yeah, I I. Uh... Swastika on one of your characters. Oh, you know you're just trying to incite your fuzzy brohing. Damn. I I I think there should be a um. I think Jason should have a homework assignment on this uh wedding field week. Yeah, I'll post. I'll post on the forum. I'll, I'll think of some and post on the forum. I'll yeah. go back and look at my all my shelves here and see see what's uh what stuff will really float in my boat. I just it 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 dawned on me earlier today that um we are approaching. The middle of October. All true. So things are going to get a little hectic because we have Thanksgiving coming up, leading into the rest of the holidays. I do believe we will probably that it's all up to Jason, but I'm pretty sure the eleven o'clockers will start to categories and things like that will start to fill in. You are correct, sir. It's going to happen soon, real soon, people. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Be ready. Also, we'll we'll see since we're since we're hinting at things. Um, many of you probably realize that our 250th episode looms. It'll be at the end of January, uh, and we're sure of that because we never miss a week. So it will be the last week in January, 
And I think we've conceptually agreed on what we're going to do. We're not ready to unveil it yet. Yeah. But once we make sure we have the logistics worked out, we're going to do something we've never done before. You haven't break the internet uh, in half. And uh, <laughs> it should be a lot of fun if we can pull it off. That's true. Yeah, no, I think it will. I think it will. Um, in half. We, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll have to... Uh, We'll have to have a few things. We'll have to have a test run here and there. Vince, I'm thinking of the dude, the dude that you you and I have talked about, and it's sort of it, you said that you read an interview with him, and it kind of like put you off on him. But we love this stuff. Um, wow. Oh. Ugh. The last one was like the one where he played a lot with different colors, and the book was kind of like um, they were. The, the premise was they were all in a like a. It was like a world where they were all kind of like a one building and their existence. Oh, Dashaw. Thank you, Dashall. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, the uh, unclothed man and the. Oh. Yes, thank you. I yeah, could, uh, thank you. I, could, oh, I, yeah. I don't. I don't see it. Well, yeah, it may have colored Shaw in a different light, but I would never not read his stuff. No, I'm thinking of yeah. Body World. Actually, is the okay. That's body World. Yeah. yeah, but bottomless. But the building, the building one is yeah. is a uh, unclothed man. Yeah, yeah but, I, but I think Body World was that. Yeah, okay. It had the beautiful uh, uh, like gold and copper and silver color and nice. covers and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, thank you. I couldn't we, think of his name for the me. You know, <sighs> you, you said 11 o'clock, I was, I was, I'm preparing, because it, it's, it's you. I think out of all of us, I have the hardest time with, with trying to pick the You damn, do? I really do, because I, I, it, it's like picking my favorite kid. How do you do it? Uh, but I'm really going to have a hard time not, and I'm, I'm completely honest when I say this, no bullshit, I'm going to have an extremely hard time not picking Popeye as my favorite ongoing. Yowza, really? Yeah. No, it's phenomenal. I, 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 I've read each issue like three, four mm-hmm. times. I, I am stunned. David says gobsmacked a lot. I'm gobsmacked how good Popeye <laughs> is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to shut up because I don't want to have anybody think I'm, you know, there's payola going on. No, Popeye's really goddamn good. But anyway, uh, let's see what else I got. I got one more. For the before Watchmen, while I'm yeah, you do. Um, this is Night Owl number three, and unfortunately, it's uh, I believe it's the last comic book work on which um, Joe Kubert worked. Mm. Yes, uh, Mr. Sinkevich has replaced him. If I if I'm correct, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, JMS wrote it. Andy Kubert drew it. Joe Kubert inked it up until, let's see, um, Sienkiewicz inked one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So uh, better than half of the issue, let's just say, was inked by Mr. Sienkiewicz. And... Um, I don't know whether it was a case of um, a last-minute, you know, th- you know, helping hand, or if um, Sienkiewicz is resorting to his old tricks. But there is a noticeable decline in quality from the point where uh, Joe inks his son's work and Bill takes over, and <clears throat> it, it's it's a decline. That I, I, from what I've heard of people who have worked with Sienkiewicz, uh, pencilers, other people in the business, they're the, the, when, when Sienkiewicz inks, the final product is very different from what the penciler has, has sent him. Provided. Well, you can imagine that, right? I mean, well, not, not in terms of, of, well, yeah, I mean, it's one thing for an artist's style to come through in the pencils, right? But, 
just refusing to ink things a la the the whipping boy for inkers you know vinnie vinnie coletta uh well, where you what, I, I will go in and, and just black out shit i think you saw that in uh when 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 he inked uh, norton on uh on green arrow and and like books like rain and hell where i know for a fact the penciler provided sinkevich with incredibly detailed backgrounds and a lot of it did not translate into the final product but when you're bill sinkevich i guess you can get away with stuff like that but the thing that really bothers me but like you know it bothers me is when he goes in and you can tell just by the quality of the line where he's like fuck it i'm bill sinkevich i'm throwing this down any damn way i want to do it and and that to me is is rude to the point where it, it's doing a disservice to the overall work. Like if you're going to tag team on a book inked by Joe Kubert and mm-hmm. you, you just throw down because you're Bill Sienkiewicz. Now I'm assuming on a lot of this, but there are some pages in here that are not up to Bill Sienkiewicz quality. I mean, from what yeah. we know of Sienkiewicz, it's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to send this out. And you know, that's, that's doing a disservice to the story. It's doing a disservice to the man, Joe Kubert, who worked on the preceding 11 or 12 pages it's just it's it's egotistical do, do right by the work right i'm with you yeah um and, and i love bill sinkevich i really do uh there there are some and and on these pages you could tell the the the, the quality varies wildly across Single pages, like on one panel, you could tell he was, he was, went in and tried to mimic the Kubert style, that deliciously thick line style, um, and loose. And other ones, it looks like Neil Adams inked it. Mm-hmm. Scratchy, gritty, just, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the anatomical tendencies that Adams has to, uh, come on. Sinkevich is cut from the Adams cloth. He look up the old right. Moon Knight, Moon Knight yep, stuff, right? Yep, yep. Uh, and, and then there's other ones that m- this may be true. Look like maybe uh, Andy inked them. So I don't, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's. I don't want to say the last half of the book is a mess, but it's, it's a far cry from what we were served up on the first half of the book. But luckily. JMS, I, 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 I've seen people complain about the, the Night Owl story as being the weakest of, of all of the, uh, the Before Watchmen stuff. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I, I, I think it's a, it's a good little story. Uh, I like where it's going. And the, uh, the team up of, of the Night Owl and Rorschach, I think is, I love when those two characters are together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they, they have a little spat in this one, like, like, uh, like high school kids in love, where one, you know, they're trying to anticipate each other's moves, thinking they know each other by now, and one lets the other one down, and he's all butthurt, and it's just, yeah, it's kind of cute, actually. Rorschach throws a little pissy fit, and it's fun, but, uh, yeah, Bill didn't do us any favors on this issue. So there, there's, there's an instance of me calling somebody out when I think it's not. There you go. Yeah. See, it happens, people. It does. Uh, Twitter flame. We're not Pollyanna. We're not Pollyannas. Nah. <laughs> Only because, you know what? I have to question myself again. Would I be so butthurt if it wasn't Joe who what worked on, who worked on the, the opening pages? I, I gotta be honest. I have a soft spot when it comes to Joe. I want to see the, the man, everybody do right by the man. And Sinkevich mm. didn't do him any favors on this. Sorry. Or, or he didn't do Andy any, any favors either. Well, check this out. Well, what was that? Well, Andrew Shaw, right? Now, he asks this question, but I'm going to reword it a little bit because I think it, he asked the question, is there a holy grail issue that you still have not found? Mm. Now, 
again, that for someone that maybe, say, like me, who likes to buy the occasional high-end back issue, I could see the question being pertinent. But like, I, I think let's 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 evolve it a little bit and say, is there a you know holy grail issue that that not necessarily that you you know that you need to own, but you just haven't had the opportunity to read, like a story, or you know that you just haven't read that you you still very much would like to, and just for some reason it's just never you've just never had the opportunity. Wow. For me, for on the ownership side, and I've said this many times, <laughs> I do not own Giant Size X-Men number one. And uh, progressively each year I don't own it. It gets much that much more expensive to own. So that's frustrating. Um, so that's on the, the – in terms of an issue I want to actually possess physically, that's certainly one. Wow. Um. Geez, that's a good, really good question. I, I have an answer, but it's it's um, more of a regret than it is, mm-hmm. um, uh, because I did have one of my holy grails, and I sold it. Because oh I, yeah, be, yeah, because I was stupid, uh, and I thought that I would make a little bit of coin on it, and I did. I got far more than I paid for it, but in in hindsight, I wish I never sold it, and and that was Hulk one eighty one. Oh. Yeah. Yes, I know yeah. that. I knew that was going to be an answer. Yeah. Uh, and you think about it. What is the one book to this day? Even Amazing Spider-Man, I've parted ways with that, but I still keep ties with the Hulk at Marvel. Why? I just love the character, right? Uh, mostly because of um, the Bronze Age Hulk. I mean, I love that book. Trimpy set my world on fire back then, as as well as Kirby. But I I, I really liked. Trimpy stuff and 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 the Severins and it just great. Uh, why the hell did I sell Hulk one eighty one? Idiot, stupid. You can come look at mine. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> well, you know that story. It's my, that was the first ever really expensive high end package I ever bought for myself after I got my first. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you first have Wall Street it. bonus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Green Lantern number forty. Oh, nice. Which is uh, Alan Scott's reintroduction to mm-hmm. the DC Universe. Uh, it like from 65 or something. I never had that one. Follow-up question by Mr. John Westhoff, uh, because I do have I an answer him. for this one. You do know him. Uh, not in a biblical sense, though. Any comic you had... Speak for yourself. Hey, now. Any comic that you had that you lost or sold that you regret. So Bingo. there's there's Vince's. But I yeah. do have a happy answer to that too because I my holy grail, I, I another holy grail that I had, well it wasn't a holy grail when I had it because I didn't realize it was a holy grail until after I sold it was that comics with an X 2000. Oh, by the yeah. uh, association, that 2,000-page wordless anthology that they published for the new millennium, uh, had it, sold it, regretted it, and Travaz. Remember he sent it to me? Yes. Like, yes. like recently. Yes. So, yes. so he plugged a Holy Grail hole for me. That's awesome. So there's a happy ending to that one. Well, on that front, you plugged a Holy Grail hole for me. Uh, yeah. by sending me a copy of the new X-Men Omnibus. Oh, word. And didn't I... I plugged another one, too, right? Yeah. You did. Uh, Encyclopedia <laughs> Deadpoolica. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you did. 
I was I was giddy to get that for you. I'm like, oh, but that I was kind of awesome. I was kind of I was I was hesitant because it was like one friggin' book, and I wanted to send you good Christmas stuff. So, eh, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, no, that was awesome. Still, uh, that's it's actually sitting on display right next to uh, right next to uh, Fantastic Four Fifty Two, right next to it. You know what? You don't burp when you're engaged. Word. You huh? didn't burp all episode. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, hilarious! No, you no, did. I had, no, I, I didn't burp because I'm not drinking. I had two beers and early and stopped drinking because I've been. So that's why I'm done burping. Uh, my uh, the issue that that I lost was uh, Green Lantern eighty five. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> nice Green, Green Lantern eighty five. Green, Green Lantern Green Arrow eighty five. Ooh. So so your other one was Green Lantern number forty. Yes, that I never. That that's that's what I would like to have. That mm-hmm. one I never had. Mm-hmm. The issue that I had, I had most of the O'Neill Adams Green Lantern Green Arrow run, but but eighty five was my was my favorite. Actually, if if I couldn't get Green Lantern forty, then I probably would get the um the LSD tripping issue that Gil Kane drew. Well, did they? But, collect all those in a in a hardcover uh, belt i I had i the first time i owned the green lantern green arrow stuff was when uh, dc had the baxter paper two issues right yeah i bought those those were like seven issues or so um as they were coming out because they were like two bucks a pop and then uh but i never i didn't I don't have the collection of hard traveling heroes. I don't have any of those other trades or hardcovers since then. And and most of them, not every issue, but most of the there's a green lane there's a green arrow sale going on at Comicsology and most of the hard traveling hero stuff is there for ninety nine cents. I haven't pulled the trigger yet because they're not all there. Hmm. Cool. Uh Zach Crusey's really trying to get my goat by uh dro- <laughs> dropping the Art Bell name on the Twitter and yeah. in connection with a mysterious episode featuring a listener uh suicide attempt or mm-hmm. completion. Zach, why are you doing that? You know whenever you drop the Art Bell name it gets me all all flustered. Um what else do we have on the on the Twitter? Anything else? Um Timmy Wood likes uh Coast to Coast too. Who doesn't like Coast to Coast? It's the greatest. Eat. There you go. Um, I think we pretty much covered all of the uh, relevant ones, right? Chris Campbell uh, votes, votes for ass. He does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, and every hey. question he has is, is in regards to uh, the turtles. <laughs> Bug Eye 13 says, have Vince talk about Spawn. When it gets good, oh, right. I'll talk about um, it. The, yeah. uh, before I do forget, I shout out to... Um, our buddy Sean Pryor, he invited me on to uh, Black Box. I will be wow. recording with him on on Monday, along with um, Misters Wade, Lytle, and Campbell. And the five of us will be talking about Legends, the DC Comics event. And then eventually, That's- Jason and I, and anybody else who wants to play along, will talk about it on this show. Aye. Wow! Yeah, we will. That sounds interesting. It does, right? It does. No doubt, no diggity. Can't Uh, wait a giddy. Just like Blackstreet, no diggity, no doubt. (laughs) I like the way you work. Stop. No diggity. Let's bang it up, bang it up now. Hey, everybody! Guess what? What? It's that time. It's that time. Hard on, dude. What? What? We're two hours and ten minutes in the hole. 
Right. We, 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 we can keep it going. I'm just saying we got to do business and then we can go into the in your travels and then we can drag it out like we usually do. But we got to take care of business. And that business, is, business. that business is this episode has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Change number one from Image, $1.49. Caligula, Heart of Rome number one from uh, Avatar. <laughs> wow. Avatar, uh, $1.99. And Hollows number one, Hello. Sam Keith. Come on, from uh, IDW, another dollar ninety nine. You're not going to find this, these things cheaper anywhere else. Um, shipping is very reasonable, right to your door. Don't even have to move. Go get your books, plop back down on the couch, and spend weeks reading them. That's what's going to happen. DCBService.com, EOC eight, extra eight percent in your travels. I guess the correct formula when dealing with uh, Rob Liefeld's characters, if you want them to be artistically sound, let somebody else work on them. Because lightning has struck twice as far as Liefeld characters go. Profit is awesome. We talked about that, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, Three a weeks, weeks ago? ago? Whatever. I read Glory, which is another uh, Rob Liefeld character creation uh, by Joe Keating's and the great Ross Campbell, uh, Volume 1, The Once and Future Destroyer. It's fantastic. Have any, Jason, have you read Glory? Uh, just the first issue, uh, issues because Comixology was having a sale on image number ones. So I, I downloaded the first issue and read it and oh. enjoyed it, but I figured I'd wait for the, I didn't know it was the collection out. Yes, I have okay. it in my, my sweaty little hands. It reprints. Okay. Uh, I think the first six issues of Glory. Mm-hmm. Let me make sure. Doopy doopy doop doop doop. Volume one trade paperback. Why don't they make it easier to find? Oh, Glory twenty three to twenty eight. See, they kept the numbering uh, of the old um, series. So yes, it does reprint six issues. Nine dollars and ninety nine cent. You cannot Deal. go. You really, you can't go wrong. Um, they, they, from what I remember about Glory back in the old days, she was a product of um, demons and uh, angelic characters. Like there was a war between uh, these these two uh, races of beings, and and she was sired by a union from a, a member of each, and and she was the 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 living peace treaty. Uh, and they kind of keep that going here, except for the fact that her uh, parents are aliens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, uh, she is the main. It's it's odd because the main character uh, in Glory is pretty much the villain of the piece. Yeah. It's it's extremely cool uh, and a nice take on the character. But I got to say, Ross Campbell's art. Uh, first of all, I love it. Secondly, I I gotta compare him to to Barry Blair. Now, Jason, oh, uh, wow. Dave, David knows who Barry Blair is. Yeah, the the artist of Elf Lord, yep. uh, Demon Gate. Uh, what was it? Yeah, Demon Gate, Warlock Five, uh, Barry Blair. Well, I don't want to imply anything, but he he drew his characters extremely young. And um, there was a, 
a forbidden quality to the to the characters because mm-hmm. they they would act in ways that adults do meaning you know they'd have sex and they'd be provocative but they were drawn like in some cases more you know more often than not little boys right. uh so uh the 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 man was criticized for engaging in you know unsavory behavior on on the comics page and there's that same extremely youthful component to Ross Campbell's characters like they they look far younger than than they than they are uh, supposed to be like the one of the characters is uh, her name is Riley and she's like a uh a, a reporter and she she is the the uh character that pretty much dreams uh glory into being like she she has these recurring dreams about this character and she goes seeking her and she finds her and you got to wonder whether she would have found her uh, whether the fact that she found her was because she actually went out looking for her you know what i mean like this this character is responsible for far more with glory than than just being a reporter but anyway uh, she's drawn like a 12 year old girl Mm. And and she's ex- exceptionally cute, but and he, even Glory has a has a very prepubescent glow to her, like especially in the mouth area, and it, it's kind of sometimes yeah, it's a little that. it's a little disturbing. Sometimes, like Campbell's work has that too, like Wet Moon. Those characters look very young, but they're not, you know. And and at the end, well, I won't spoil it, but there are characters in here that it uh, makes you feel a little dirty for thinking they're sexy. <laughs> How about that? Uh, I yeah, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, but I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I didn't want to shit on Rob Liefeld, but you know, uh, Glory is. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. As originally conceived, Glory's maybe a note and a half character, mm-hmm. right? She's not a one note character. Maybe a note and a half. Alan Moore kicked it up a couple notches with his his rendition of the yeah, character, right? But I mean, not not a whole. It's not a, a a great conceptual turn. Let's just put it that way. But this is awesome and really neat. Uh, it's it's. I don't know which I like more, glory or profit. Um, I I would. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking forward to trying glory. They're they're both fantastic. So there you go, glory that's, by that's by Joe Keating and Ross Kimball. Awesome. You knew it. Uh, well. Um, for me, it's nothing out of the ordinary. Today's Wednesday, and uh, Double Barrel number five came out, <laughs> and which means that uh, issue four is now ninety nine cents. So if you didn't listen to me a few weeks ago, you can now go get it for a buck. Uh, and um, top shelf. This, yes, no, yes. <laughs> I, I, was, I had Oni on the mind because I am very close to probably just pulling the trigger and reading the second volume of Stumptown. Because the first issue, there you go, had the lower price on that. So I'm thinking about that. That isn't in your. That is an in your travels. That that's a a uh, a Depp hasn't read in your travels issue yet. But uh, I would definitely recommend Stumptown and uh, DC Nation is back. The the Cartoon Network block on Saturday mornings. It's Green Lantern, the animated series, and Young Justice have resumed their uh, their run and. First episode of Green Lantern introduced Guy Gardner, and he is voiced by Diedrich Bader, and it is he is fantastic. And the uh, well, Guy Gardner and Fantastic go together always. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> one punch, and um, <laughs> and they uh, wow. and, and the, the the oh, there we go. The um, the Young Justice 
first issue really didn't knock my socks off because we're getting the um uh the original who they cloned Roy from the original Roy Harper has uh has returned the one-armed Roy Harper and uh, and he's all all angry you mad and he's uh he's after Lex Luthor and he's uh he he's all he's all angsty and I'm waiting for him to start uh, getting strung out on drugs and throwing cats around so that's uh-huh. not, not justice. I know you're being and, facetious, um, right? And, so JT Crew wrote it. That, that first episode, maybe. Uh, so yeah, so so the cartoons are back. Saturdays are, are are fun again, and I think the Clone Wars resume. So you know, you got some stuff to keep you busy on the weekends now. Yeah. If you want, if you're staying inside, I'm saying you should. I, need, I really need to catch up on um, Young Justice. Yes, yeah, I you do. Say, that's that's uh, that's become a cartoon just for me because the boys stopped watching it. But yeah. I, think it was I also two. need to need to catch up on Doctor Who, and and if, no, if well that no, should be no, easy. no yeah no season, sh- season's over dude. Well I okay but if you know I I have heard rumblings, um, About... and allusions to certain things happening in the series, and if if what I'm assuming happened happened, I'm gonna go on a goddamn killing spree. I'm gonna take some people out for doing what wow. they did. Yeah. Are you, what, what, what are you I'm living? not saying. I'm not saying. I just want. Uh, we'll see once no, my we'll say what you once think my you've heard once my fears. Once no, no, I don't want to say it because I don't want to maybe give it the possibility of being true. I don't want to say it. I, make as, me do it. Ask me off air. I won't answer you. I just I. Yeah, well, yeah I, I'm curious I, what you. I'd think. like to hear what 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 you're worried about. I won't. I won't say yay or that nay. a companion leaves in the worst way possible, and I don't want to think about it. I don't want to. Th- I, I don't, don't want to. Don't think about it. It's all good. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it does happen, by the way, but... Stop. <laughs> some, no, serious, I'll, I'll kill somebody with a typewriter. An old-fashioned kind, like real heavy. <laughs> no, I don't care. I don't want to know. Go. <gasps> whispering, I hear whispering. In your travels... Um, Sexy whispering, actually. Who was that? Like that? Who was that? That was my wife. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> that, that was uh, that was that, that was a wife imploring me because uh, we have to wake up at four thirty in the morning. How um, you doing? Yeah, how you doing? I wish it was sweet nothings. It was sweet somethings. <laughs> it was sweet. Get your ass finished up and come to bed. Uh, talk, but anyway, in your travels um, by drawn and quarterly, uh-huh. I recommend to you. Uh, speaking of uh, Mr. Adrian Tomine. A beautiful hardcover I was just put out called New York Drawings, which is uh, basically a collection of everything he's done for the New Yorker, and it uh, it is it is beautiful. It, it, it is really beautiful stuff, um, and it's it's really pretty much just a, a visual, co- you know, c- uh, collage of his of his work. It's uh, you know very few words in it at all, um, and uh, it's just great. I mean, it's uh, if it's 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 structured in a way that it's kind of an homage to his love for New York City, but I mean the the renderings just are as varied as you get. I mean, there's a, a picture of, of, of a woman laying, you know, naked on a bed. And the next picture is just a, you know, a New York's, you know, grocery store. And the next one is a two women kissing. The next one's a, a vampire. The next one is a little boy looking at kimchi and a turkey cooking. I mean, it's just, it's just different little slices of life. And uh, I'm a big Tomei fan. So I, I the book is, has drawn a quarterly is apt to do it. It's a beautiful package, the hardcover. It's got a nice, like a, uh, glossy raised lettering i mean it's just wonderfully put a put together book so i uh i recommend this to anyone that was not aware of its release wow i got a question before we we, we sign off 
did anybody order anything in that recent top shelf sale? Jason yeah. did, yes. yeah. You, yeah. Well, I mean, I, was I think Chris did also. Yeah, I, I still, I still think I, I didn't get my shit. I still oh, didn't really? get it. Yeah. Oh no, I got my stuff weeks ago. I, I ordered the the Axe alternative manga book. It was only like three bucks because because some fucker won't give me mine. Yeah, so there's no suck, there's, right? there's no reason like, there's no like, reason to give it to me now. I got maybe it. Maybe if I see you Saturday, but okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, what else did I get? A, a couple things, uh, and I, I I didn't get it yet. I was like, what? What maybe the I should, what? I should check up hmm. on that. Yeah, that's a bummer, dude. I know, right? But anyway. Because uh, to be to yeah, be honest I, with you, I have all the Josh Simmons books, but the, since you wanted to talk about it, the only one I could find easily was issue number two. Mm. <laughs> I don't know where one, uh, one, three, and four are. I, I, so I ordered them again at, yeah, I got, at, because uh, they're a buck a piece, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was waiting for them to to come so I could talk to you about them. As I look at what I got, I think I've talked pretty much about almost everything that I've gotten by this point. Let's see, I've uh, moving pictures I mentioned last week. Mm-hmm. The imminent, the the Stuart and Catherine Imminent book, um, Incredible Change Spots one and two, which well, I talked about one, um, Happy one two three four, which we just talked about, uh, Super Fuckers, which I talked about last week and actually said I didn't really care for it, um, Lost Dogs, which I actually had read but I bought a second copy just because I thought it would be something good to gift somebody at some point because you can't go wrong, uh, and then Undeleted Scenes, which is the only one I have yet to read of my of my order, so I ordered ten things. Uh, and just I just have Jeffrey Brown's undeleted scenes left to read. It warms my heart that you bought some ch- some Kuchaka. I mean, you know, you didn't have to like it, but it just warms my heart that you were willing to to buy it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go, player. Right, everybody. Well, you get going, and uh, we'll get going too because we don't want to do this without you. Uh, thank you all for being here with us as usual, and I'll say it again to please those who like it. We love you so much. We really do. Thank you for being here with us. We'll be back next week with Denisman. All four will be back again. And we'll probably be talking about, uh, well, at least three of us, right? Building stories. Get that out of the way. And Rich Wonder Woman, probably. And Wonder Woman. And Wonder so, Woman. So, so we can have fun with our, our brother David. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just going to be a ball, a blast. Be here. Rachel Rising. Balls on your jaws, people. Rachel oh, and Rising. to those that are going, David included, have an awesome time at New York Comic Con. I, I, uh, I'm having trouble dealing with the fact that I won't be partaking, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be a blast. I'm seeing deluges of Twitter's tweets from people that are either arriving or set to arrive. So I, I, I will be like a ninja. I think people are going to be like, hey, I, th- I thought David was going to be here this weekend, but yeah, yeah I'll, I'll see. It, I don't know. It's for a little while there, I wasn't sure if I was even going to be able to make it, but. I'll be there for a little bit Saturday. And if you see Daryl Taylor, kick him in the junk for me. Say why is that? Only because he actually likes the new Shazam better than the old Captain Marvel. Yeah, that makes, he's, he's just... He's, That's just crazy that is, talk. That is. He's cray-cray. Crazy he is cray-cray. But, and then hug him, because we do tough out well. there. Kick his junk and then hug him. Say, do it again. Don't do it again. Motherfucker. All right, um, back next week. Love you. Yeah. And, uh, and and GB's question is, is it too late, guys? No, it's never too late. So that's your question. Not for you. Never. It's awesome. Bye. Bye. See ya. Why are you standing here alone in front of the gates and moaning oh, to yourself over what? your misfortune?
you standing here alone in front of the gates? So many days my use have been with young. So many weeks ere the poor fools will lean. So many years ere I shall shear the fleece. So many hours, days, months, and years passed over to the end they were created would bring white hairs unto a quiet grave. Ah, what a life with this! How sweet! How lovely! <laughs> 